0: This is Jocko podcast number 225 with echo Charles and me Jocko Willink good evening echo good evening last month I went to a memorial service and it was the first memorial service that I had been to for a long time that wasn't for a seal it was the first memorial service I had been to for a long time that was for someone who died of natural causes a memorial service for someone that had actually lived their full life expectancy 80 80 years or maybe 82 years or 83 I don't I don't remember the exact number Which is kind of interesting in its own right because when someone that's younger dies, then everyone talks about their age. You know, everyone says he was only 26 or he was just 28, he was only 32. And I've been to far too many funerals and memorial services like that. too many funerals where the mourning that is taking place is about what is never going to get done potential that wasn't reached the life that was cut short but this this memorial was for the patriarch of a group of families who are friends with my family. Then this man, this old man had three sons who are friends of mine. And those sons all have kids and all our kids grew up together and we have done a lot over the years surfing and camping and climbing and playing music play music around the campfire or in the uh, in the little studio. And I've actually known these guys for for over twenty years and because I knew them, I knew their old man too. And the old man was you know, he was a stud in his own right he was going strong he was an athlete he was an entrepreneur he liked sports and beer and rock and roll and late nights and again this guy was an older guy you know 75 78 80 years old in his later years and and he poured everything he could into his family into his kids and into their kids And he was a good man. And he lived a good life, and the memorial service was, you know, a, a, a small kind of private affair. Um, you know, there was probably, I don't know, 70 or 80 people there. You know, all the extended family, with all the kids, and, and friends of the family, and some of his friends. And it was. It was a nice service, and I, I said a few words, and I, I kind of, you know, told a funny story. I, I you know, his his son had spoke, his sons had spoke, and his wife had spoke, and it was is emotional, and I, you know, I, I, I took the opportunity to lighten the mood a little. And what I talked about is I talked about how he he would listen when his sons and me would play music back in the day he and we would play for hours and he would listen for hours and and, and listen when I talk about us playing music I'm talking about us just just jamming and riffing and we're talking about songs that are 15 or 20 or 30 minutes long just just songs that are just meandering through riffs and bridges and verses and going from just droning heavy thunder to like quiet acoustic jams and all these different songs to be played just one time and one time only just Improv 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 and they're hard to follow and they're hard to understand and You know he and he would stay down there and he would just listen and he would rock out with us this This old man And he Like you could see it in his face. He loved it He loved listening to us And you know look his sons are all awesome musicians and I'm the I'm the kind of um, not so awesome musician but even the best musicians you know when you're just kind of making stuff up as you go along it's not gonna be it's not something that's super easy to listen to and he would listen to us with no expectations no criticism he would enjoy it for what it was which which was imperfect which was off time which was maybe a little out of tune and he would listen to it with a big smile on his face and later it got me thinking about how often how often do we look at things that are going on around us and how often do we think if only that was a little bit different if only that was a little bit more in tune if only that timing was a little bit tighter if only if only this had happened a little bit sooner or that had happened a little bit later we're constantly picking apart what we see and that's a little lesson Little lesson I learned from the old man Because in the end even after eight years or 90 years or a hundred years One thing we're gonna still want is a little more time Even forever is too short so don't waste too much time wishing and hoping and wanting for things to be different instead sometimes you just got to sit back and you got to smile and you got to enjoy the jam and listen to the music for what it is Imperfect Out of tune Off time But real And with that It has been a while Since we've done a Q&A echo Charles mm-hmm So, let's rock and roll. Let's jam. Yes, sir. What do we got? Q&A.
1: Various questions from the interwebs. All right, first question. Jocko, I failed to understand a task that was given to me. I take ownership that I didn't ask the right questions. But extreme ownership applies to my boss, too, as she didn't make sure that I understood it correctly. Or is that a poor excuse?
0: (laughs) Oh, so uh, optimally. In the world of extreme ownership, everybody takes ownership and there are. And I talked about this with when Dave Burke was on. Good deal, Dave. Yes. (laughs) Is that the. It's interlocking fields of fire so the various people that are trying to find solutions they overlap and and problems get solved from two different directions so the problems get flanked when this is happening but we can't guarantee always that everybody takes ownership and We can't guarantee that, but that doesn't mean that we point our fingers at someone and say, you need to take ownership because as as we know, when you do that, people get defensive and then they start blaming you. So we avoid that. What we do is we take ownership. So what happens here in this situation, here's the possible outcomes, right? If if you go to your boss and you say to her, you know, you didn't make sure I understood, right? Mm -hmm. You go cast that blame. There's a, there's a decent chance that she says, "Well, you actually didn't. You actually need to pay attention. That's not on me. And if you don't understand, you need to ask questions." So nothing. She doesn't change anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She hasn't changed anything. And you, by the way, you've created a little bit of an antagonistic relationship here because you're pointing the finger. So that doesn't really help. Now here's another possible outcome. You, you know, you go and you say, "Hey, look, I failed to make sure that I understood this task." Do you mind next time if I give you a quick read back of what I think the task is to make sure that I understand it? Like, so I'm taking full ownership, like this is on me. I need to do this. And now, what you're more likely to get in this situation is you know, the boss to say, oh, you know what, of course, absolutely. You know what, next time, let me make sure I give you a more detailed explanation so that you have a better understanding. That's on me. And all of a sudden, we've got this problem. Getting solved from two directions. Now there's also a chance that when you say, "Hey," when you when you say something, you know, "Hey, let me let me um let, let make sure let me do a read back with you." You might say all that, and she goes, "Yeah, cool. You 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 should do that. Whatever. Pay more attention." Mm-hmm. In which case, right? So she's not taking any ownership. She's like, "Yeah, you should have." Mm-hmm which is the big fear people always have in their head that when, when I say something's my fault, people go, yeah, it is. It is yeah. And now they go, wait a second, <laughs> yeah, extreme yeah. <laughs> ownership's not supposed to work like that. Yes, it is. Because when you take ownership of the problem, and I go, you know what, I should've asked you questions. She goes, yeah, you should've. And you go, yep, exactly, that's what I just said. And now you ask questions, and now you make sure you fully understand the task, and now the problem's solved. Hmm. So yeah, I, I think when you asked that question, you had the suspicion. What, what does he say? Is that a poor excuse? So you had the suspicion mm-hmm. that was that you were maybe, perhaps, unfortunately making a little bit of an excuse, mm-hmm. but you're correct. It is a poor excuse. Take ownership. Hey, in an ideal world, the pe- person above you in the chain of command takes ownership as well. But you can't you can't force them to take ownership. Yeah. So solve the problem. Take ownership mm-hmm. and get it solved.
1: Kind of. I mean. Kind of when you think of it, do you, and this is actually maybe a follow-up question, Mm -hmm. maybe. When you think about it, when you have the expectation, reasonable or not, the expectation that other people have to take ownership Mm too,
0: isn't that essentially negating your whole extreme ownership? Yes. Uh, Whether it negates it or not, I don't know. Your hope is, look, the hope is when I start taking ownership, other people start taking ownership as well. But I can't. Necessarily control that. I right. can, I can't force them to take ownership. Yeah, you know, uh, I can I can say, hey, that's your part of the project. You should have done it. They go, okay, well, whatever. I don't think so, right? That's yeah. so me forcing ownership <laughs> on you doesn't really work. What I should do is take ownership. What I hope is when I take ownership of your part of the project, you go. Hey Jocko, you know what? That's actually some, that, that's actually my department. Let, let me let me take that. that. That that's something I should be running. I go oh, okay, cool, great. So you just took ownership. Yeah. But if you don't take ownership, Roger that. I got it, and I'm running right. with it. Yeah, and the genuineness,
1: where this is this was a question like that. Kind of you guys would get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you know it, it would a lot of times be about the other person taking ownership in oh, the always. scenario, right? Which is crazy, but. <laughs> Yeah, you you kind of have that hope. You, actually, you do have that hope. Yes, you for do. For sure. But the actual like expectation that, you know, where, like an expectation yeah. is there that can I, be I, let down yeah, kind of I thing. I can't be
0: mad at you right. when you don't take ownership. Look, well, I guess I can be mad at you, but it doesn't help, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if if you were supposed to write a script for a, for a freaking advertisement that we were going to do for uh, whatever, Sure. I'm trying to think of something cool. Sure. If, if we we're gonna do an advertisement and you were supposed to write a script and then yeah. we show up and you didn't do it. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, let me, uh, we'll, we'll come back tomorrow, I'll go home and write a script.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're like, you what I would like you to say is no, hey, you know what, Jonko, it's actually, I'm supposed to write the script for yeah. this, whatever, I'll do it. And I go, oh, okay, cool. But if you don't do that, you go, okay, cool, go write the script. I'm, I, I have to say, okay, cool, got it. Finally do some work. Now, what do I learn? I learned that you're really not in the game. And now I'm probably going to start looking for someone else to write scripts.
1: Yeah,
0: which isn't you, which is actually giving me some good ideas. <laughs>
1: yeah, that genuineness, though, right? To with yourself, yes.
0: That's yes. like if I'm just really doing is. it. If I'm just doing it because I'm, if I'm just doing yep. it to get Echo to do it, and I yeah. really don't want to take ownership right. of it. Well, no. Yeah. Well, it's not what we're talking about. That's going to jam you up big and time. That's going to jam me up big time. In fact, it, it's now kind of, I'm just mad.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it's, it's kind of a step backwards, really, like as far as problem solving within the team kind mm-hmm. of thing. But you're, yeah, you're going to be mad and resentful. It's like, man, uh, no one's like, no one's doing their work. No one's uh, taking responsibility. No one's right. And you're essentially in the same boat, but just one one step behind. You're kind of like the problem is the opposite. Yeah, and
0: I mean, you can take this out to the nth degree as well, where. I start taking ownership of so many tasks that I can't handle them all, right? That, that you yeah. can do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then then you go, well, you know what? We're not doing this over here. It's so, always, well, why aren't we getting that done? Because I don't have the capacity because here's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. doing these other 19 things. So that 20th thing, it's not happening. Now, yeah. if you want to take ownership of it and make it happen, cool, you got my support. Yeah. But if not, it's not happening Yeah. and that's okay.
1: Yeah, it's almost like when you kind of visualize it mentally, it's like there's like levels and the extreme ownership is always on the top. So, certain developments can happen. You can take extreme ownership and then, like, make certain moves and it'll jam it up even more just because of the moves you made. Not Mm -hmm. because you took extreme ownership or took responsibility, it's because of some moves that you made in solving problems, which is all natural. But at the end of the day, it is on you. Like, you have to take responsibility (laughs) for it. You have to
0: truly say, I'm going to take ownership.
1: Yeah, and believe it. So, that again, that genuineness to be like, this is my responsibility genuinely. Yes.
0: It's uh, yes. It's easy to be it, like the, the, the good example is when someone says, "Well, you know, one of my subordinates made a mistake," yeah. and of course, of course, I get it. Mm. Just, I, I take all the I get it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But really, it was their fault. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's where it doesn't work. Yeah. And actually, you know what? The next question is similar. We should jump into the next question. Yes. Uh, it's going to lead us down the same path of gotcha. similar conversations.
1: Okay, next question, very similar. Here it is. My confusion is everyone takes ownership. At what level does that end? Theoretically, the president is the commander in chief. So it could take extreme ownership. Who decides who gets fired? How does that decision get made? Is that an example of extreme ownership?
0: Yeah, so uh, again, this is where we start. Looking at what this looks like, when when does it stop? When something goes wrong, right? When does it stop? So uh, uh, I was I was trying to apply this to my life. So with the blue on blue, right? That I had. So fratricide, Ramadi friendly fire incident, and I took ownership of it. Now you got to remember, also, uh, people below me in the chain of command said no, it was my fault. No, it was my fault. I said no, it wasn't your fault. It was my fault. The you know now you could say you could look at my boss and go well why why wouldn't why wouldn't your be your boss's fault. Why wouldn't it be his boss's fault? Why wouldn't it be their boss? Why wouldn't you take that all the way up the chain of command to the president of the United States who's the senior person in the military chain of command is the president and why wouldn't he say, hey, Jocko's unit had a blue on blue and it's my fault, right? Mm. Theoretically, like that's what extreme ownership is. Here's the deal. The goal of extreme ownership it isn't just to take ownership. The goal of extreme ownership is to actually solve the problem. That's what the goal is. The goal isn't to look who to blame. The goal is to get the problem solved. That's what the goal is. It's not about just blaming someone or finding someone to blame. And when you take ownership of it, That is the first step that leads us to solving the problem, but it's not the solution itself. So when you say, oh, it was my fault, the problem doesn't go away. Also, firing people. Firing someone is not necessarily solve the problem. Now, unless that person, a person in the chain of command has proven to be incompetent or immoral or incapable of doing their job or blatantly negligent. If it's one of those, then cool, that might solve the problem. But most likely, the people just need to be led properly. So so here's what happened. My boss listened to me give a debrief and in the debrief, yes, I took ownership, but I didn't just take ownership and say, oh, cool, now it's gone because it didn't make the problem disappear. I said, hey, here's, here's the new standard operating procedures that we are going to implement to make sure this never happens again. Okay. So now he sees that I am solving the problem. He sees, he sees that I recognize what the problem is. He sees how I'm going to get the problem solved. The problem is it isn't getting past me. How can he take ownership? It doesn't make it past me. Mm. I'm owning it. Mm. Now a good boss, Is going to say, hey, you know what, Jocko, I get it. And there's definitely some, I I see what you're saying. However, I could have done a better job prepping you guys with training or whatever, right? right? You know, and I'm not saying that was the case, but you could, you can, everyone can still kind of provide overlapping fields of fire to get a problem solved. Now, like I said, I had taken ownership of the problem and offered the solutions. If I had denied any wrongdoing and blamed other people and not come up with actual solutions, then he probably would have looked at me and been like, uh, you, you're fired," right? Because yeah. you've got someone now that's incompetent of seeing what the mistakes were, incompetent of figuring out what the solutions are. He needs to fire me. Yeah, he needs to fire me. And the person above him in the chain of command will go, "Hey, what happened with that fratricide?" And he go, "Oh, yeah, the, the 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 commander out there made the following mistakes, and he's obviously incompetent, and I fired him." Okay, roger that. That's, now we have a, we put a new person in there and we start moving in that direction. But I solved the problem that he saw, that we all saw, right? Here's the solutions. We're gonna use these marking procedures. We're gonna use these time distance things. We're, we're gonna make sure that this does not happen again. Now if we go back to the base example, look, it's one of the examples I use in leadership strategy and tactics of a machine gunner shoots out of his field of fire, okay? Machine gunner shoots out of his field of fire Maybe the machine gunner says, well, you know, no, one's, no one told me what the fields of fire were. So it wasn't my fault. And then maybe the fire team leader said, I told him, but he didn't listen. So you got two excuses, right? And then the squad leader says, well, you know, the fire team, the fire team leader didn't effectively pass the word. So it's not my fault as a squad leader, the fire team leader has not passed the word correctly. And then the platoon commander says, well, the squad leader didn't understand the importance of field of fire, so it's actually his fault. So now we have everyone, no one solved, the, you notice no one has solved the problem yet. Yeah. And then the task unit commander says, you know, the platoon leader doesn't have good control of his men. So still no one solved the problem. No one has actually impl- implemented a solution. And then the SEAL team commander, the next person in the chain of command, says the the task unit didn't you know train themselves properly. So so still, he's just pointing a finger. It doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem. And then the group commander says the SEAL team commanding officer is out of touch with what his troops are doing. And then the group commander or the, the admiral says, you know, the group commander's not paying attention to training. So still, no one has solved the problem. All it's doing is blaming. We're just pointing fingers. And then the 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 SOCOM commander looks at the admiral and says the admiral's not obviously driving realistic training, (laughs) you know, and so he's just blaming. And then the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says, you know, obviously SOCOM has no standards, but they still won't do anything. And then the president says the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff doesn't understand what's happening in the field. And then the voters say the president doesn't know how to run, run the military. And then the president gets voted out. So the president eventually gets fired because of this thing. Here, but that's not that's not what happens. So yeah, yeah, if you just pass the blame, pass the blame, pass the blame, and no one takes ownership, that don't that that problem continues throughout the whole chain of command. But when people start taking ownership then the problem gets solved and it doesn't get anywhere. There's, there becomes a limitation where the problem is no longer a problem. So if the if the machine gunner shoots out of his field of fire and says, you know what, hey, my, my fault, next time I will confirm that I know my field of fire before pulling the trigger. Uh, so, so that's that's kind of a solved problem. Mm-hmm. Now it gets overlapped a little bit because the fire team leader says, listen, I will make sure and I'll, I'll be perfectly clear and reinforce and get a read back Next time I I tell him what his field of fire is, I'll I'll do a better job passing the word. So now you got like a double overlap on the problem being solved, and then the platoon leader says, "Listen, I didn't I should have covered fields of fire more in the rehearsals. So now we got triple. So this is not gonna be a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. No one to fire." you know, no one to reprimand, the problem is getting solved. And you could go right up through the chain of command. You know that the platoon leader says, I'm gonna cover it in rehearsals, and the task unit commander says, I'm gonna actually go through a briefing on why fields of fire are so important. And, and you look at all these stacks of people taking ownership, the problem doesn't get out. The problem gets solved. Mm. So that's why a problem doesn't make its way through the entire chain of command when people start taking ownership. It gets owned and it gets solved. Now, if I got a bunch of people that are blaming each other, then maybe someone has to get fired. And one of the platoons that I was putting through training had a bad assistant platoon commander. And he caused the platoon to fail multiple training scenarios. And the so every time that little assistant platoon commander would get p- put in charge of an element, he would make bad decisions and screw things up. And now now whose fault is that? Okay, so the assistant platoon commander, he's causing the problem, but his boss, mm-hmm. I, I'm barely even talking to the assistant platoon. Sure, I'm telling him, hey, Tackley, you did this wrong, Tackley, you did that, that wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking to the platoon commander going, hey, is this guy capable?
1: Mm-hmm
0: because he keeps making your whole platoon fail. Now, eventually the platoon commander has to own that. Mm-hmm. And the platoon commander who has tried to coach, tried to mentor, tried to you know give the guy tactical instruction and he's still not capable, then guess what? The platoon commander takes ownership and says, you know what, um, you're fired. So he took ownership of that problem. Mm-hmm. Now does the task unit commander need to fire the platoon commander because not really cuz there's no more problem. The problem's gone. And he goes, "Okay, you know, I get it. You had to fire that guy." Mm-hmm. So when you take ownership of a problem, you know, maybe it gets another layer up, maybe two layers up, but it it doesn't just a problem doesn't just continue forever. Now you can have serious problems where where it just continues, I mean, look at Watergate, right? You know, there was a break-in, people, the trust was lost, and all of a sudden that problem went all the way up through the chain of command, mm-hmm. and the president re- resigns. So if it's bad enough and no one takes ownership, you know, if one of those guys, and, and I, 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 I'd have to go into the details of Watergate, but, you know, sometimes you see this where someone in the chain of command goes, this was all on me and then usually people go wait a second are you sure are you sure your boss didn't know about this are you sure that his boss didn't know about it and that's mm-hmm. kind of what from what i remember about watergate it was you know first you got guys going up it was just us we were acting alone and then all of a sudden they figure out no actually the president knew exactly what was happening and therefore he he's you know going to get going to get uh going to get punished for it
1: yeah
0: so again i think the important thing here's taking ownership is not about figuring out who you should blame or who you should fire now it's you know even in extreme ownership i'm talking through that problem in my own head on the blue on blue i'm saying like i'm trying to figure out who to blame you know and and i realize there's one person to blame it's me once i do that then it's not about like okay now i'm going to blame myself and now we're good no it's how do i solve the problem so we can win that's what ownership is and that's why, you know, to going back to this original question, when does it stop? It stops when the problems get solved. Yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah. Again, just one of those critical elements, which actually is more important when you think about it, the solving the problem part of it more so than it's my fault, it's their fault or whatever. Because if we didn't have this instinctual blaming self mm-hmm. or what do you call defensive.
0: Defensive like, mechanisms. Yeah. yeah.
1: That... It, it wouldn't, it just be way different. So, but since that is a natural thing, it's kind of like, it has to be part of extreme ownership. You know, it just has to be for you to be compelled to solve the problem.
0: If you believe like for real, believe not. Yes. Ooh, I'm gonna if this you, belief. if you, if I just go, Ooh, this is my fault and that's it. And that's I don't it. really believe that I can solve the problem. Yeah. It's like this. Um, one of one of the guys at Echelon Front was talking to a client the other day, and one of the senior people in the one of the senior executives said, "You know, oh, I've got you know twelve hundred people that work for me. I can't be responsible for what they do yeah. when they make a mistake." Yeah. And here's the deal: when you have that attitude, you're right. You can't do anything. Yeah. And this goes back. You know, I talked about it with Daryl Cooper on the. Abu Ghraib thing. If the leadership says, you know what, the gu- the people that are in the prison that are guarding the the insurgents that were captured, if they do something, if they abuse those prisoners, that's not on me. Mm-hmm. That's that's somebody on the front line. If you have that attitude then yeah, you're gonna have problems. But if you have the attitude, hey, what happens on the front line is my responsibility, then guess what you do? You clarify your commander's intent. You make sure that everyone understands what the rules of engagement are. You make sure that everyone understands what the goal of having these people in these situations are. You make sure they understand what happens if they get caught or, or yeah, what happens if they get caught abusing prisoners, what that's gonna look like, what that's gonna do the war effort. You do all these things to mitigate that. That's what you do. But when you think, well, yo, of course I'm responsible, but I'm not really responsible. Right. Yeah. You don't take the actions necessary. You don't take that preemptive ownership to solve those problems. And then when something does go wrong, if you throw up your hands and go, oh, I can't control what's happening on the front line, I'm firing you immediately. I'm firing you in 10 seconds. If, if, I, if someone happens to the front line and I talk to the leader and I say, you know, your, your front line people did X, Y, and Z wrong, And they go hey you know what i can't control what's happening on the front line i'm like cool you're fired you know what i mean like you if that's your attitude i want someone that says hey you know what here's the things that i'm implementing make sure that doesn't happen again here's the course i'm running here's the oversight i'm putting in here you know xyz to solve those problems that's what i'm going to do and i go okay great you're obviously taking ownership of the problem i'll take you know i'm going to take ownership maybe i can provide you this or that to help you but then the once it gets there, that that problem doesn't continue on indefinitely. Right. Yeah. We get it solved. That's the beauty of extreme ownership: is that the problem gets solved.
1: So you're uh, so when you fire a guy, or whatever, you know theoretically, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're firing him because, like you, the example you just said right there with the guy who has that attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Of, oh, I don't control this. You fire him be- essentially because he's going to continue to either allow or be a problem. That's yes. going to continue. Yes, it's going to continue thing. So, like, getting rid of him, replacing him, whatever, mm-hmm. that essentially solves a root of, of, of a problem. Yes. Bigger problem. Um, so, what do you – you know, because every once in a while you'll find a situation, company, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. where they'll fire a guy just as punishment. Like, the it's not necessarily that – Given the circum particular circumstance where he'll continue to be a problem, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of situation, or it doesn't. It's not obvious that it's that kind of situation, but it's like we need someone's head for this mistake, Absolutely. you know, like that kind of stuff or whatever. Like, how would you like? I don't know. How would you approach uh, taking that?
0: extreme ownership? Does not prevent you from getting fired. Yeah, we should be perfectly clear about that. I will tell you that in my opinion, you have a better chance of not getting fired if you take ownership than if you put your hands up and p- or point fingers at other people. Yeah. Either you put your hands up and say, well, there's nothing I could do about it. That was the front lines. That's not me. Yeah. I'm firing you. If you say, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the the junior leader that directed that. Oh, so are you going to fire that leader? or, were you gonna or Are you going to train him? Are you going to do something different? Are yeah. you going to implement some standard operating procedures so that can happen? Or are you just saying you can't control it? Because if you can't control it, I don't need you here. Right. So yes, sometimes people take ownership and they're getting fired anyways. I will say this, if they're proactively, really, truly taking ownership of what is happening, if they're taking preemptive ownership, they're not gonna be sitting in that position in the first place. Because whatever things are unfolding, they go, man, if we get caught doing that, I'm gonna be the one responsible for it. I I own this. And so, hey, frontline, you can't do that. Here's the training, here's the right protocol, here's here's how you handle those situations, and don't ever do that again. And they go, oh, okay. And now when the boss comes to me and says, hey, we had this just flare up, I go, yeah, here's what I did about it. I'm aware of what's happening. I already got it under wraps, boss. Mm. And I go, oh, okay, cool, thanks. But if I go, well, you know, all that stuff was happening and I never did anything about it and I didn't know about it, guess what? Expect to get fired. Yeah. Extreme ownership does not prevent you from getting fired it's post-mortem, yeah. you know, you caused a problem You allowed a problem to happen under your command yeah. You have a better chance of not getting fired if you take ownership of it But if you have an egregious thing happen and it's on your watch, you might get fired And if you make excuses, if you think you can kind of weasel your way out of it You're You're going you're to get fired as well You're just going to look like a weasel It's
1: funny like have this vision of the guy, you know, who got, gets fired right in on his way out. He has his, what do you call it? Like a little basket of his stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that classic image. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, but I took extreme ownership. But I took extreme yep. ownership.
0: You should have taken extreme ownership prior to this happening.
1: And look, I actually, it's funny. Okay, remember what I said? How extreme ownership is always on the top, right? Mm-hmm. Like no matter what the problem is. Even that let's say I got fired like I got fi- I took extreme ownership it was my fault fully believed in everything and then I got fired still right mm-hmm. Meanwhile I'm like mad at extreme ownership I took extreme ownership it didn't work <laughs> got fired aren't you sort of blaming extreme ownership now? kind of thing Yes I like, guess it bro. in a
0: strange in a strange uh, world you are <laughs> correct yeah, You are you are now blaming extreme ownership but but what you're really doing is you're 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 trying to take ownership after the fact That's why it's important to have the attitude of extreme ownership That's the problem with, and this is what I wrote about in Leadership Strategy and Tactics. The problem with extreme ownership is that it's post-mortem, it's after the fact. Preemptive ownership is, hey, you take ownership of everything that's going on so you prevent these problems from occurring. Now, if they occur, I will promise you the best thing you can do is say, here's the problem, here's the mistakes I made, here's what we am gonna do to fix it. That is your best method of survival. And if you don't do that, or oh, if you do that, it's no. as I just said, it's no guarantee that you're not gonna get fired because you still might get fired. But if you run in there and you make a bunch of excuses, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no oh, good. Check.
1: Next question. Jocko, heard General Mattis say that he looks for initiative and aggressiveness in NCOs. I'm not a naturally aggressive leader. Do you believe leaders should be aggressive by nature when when to be aggressive or when do you be aggressive does it come off as fake if not if it's not natural
0: so you know obviously this is something we talk about all the time is that def- being default aggressive is good for leaders yes that is a true statement there's a dichotomy obviously because you can be too aggressive and then things go wrong and things go bad and things don't work and yes there are some people that are let's say, more aggressive by nature. And then let's also remember that being aggressive means a lot more than just being loud, brash, and in your face, right? That is the stereotypical thing that we think of when we think of, oh, that guy's really aggressive. You think this guy's in your face. He's yelling. He's you know pushing people over. That is not. The type of aggressiveness that you need to be an effective leader. You don't need to be a loudmouth. You don't need to be brash. You don't need to get in people's faces. What being aggressive means is is taking action. That's the kind of aggressiveness that I'm talking about. That's the kind of aggressiveness that General Mattis is talking about. And you know the the definition. I actually wrote this down. The definition of of aggressive or one of the definite definitions of being aggressive is forceful and sometimes overly assertive pursuit of one's aims so First of all forceful we get right Sometimes overly assertive some means sometimes that you have to go a little bit like harder And here's why that's important because listen in combat Almost nothing will happen the way you want it to if you don't force it that way Right you are coming against a powerful force, the enemy, nature, time—there's all kinds of things that that are going against you. It's a losing battle, and if you don't use force of will, then 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 you're not going to get it done. You have to be aggressive and make things happen. I remember, so there was a there was we we all got interviewed after we came home from Ramadi, and I remember I was uh, listening to Seth Stone get interviewed. And it was just they were just trying to you know capture whatever information, moments, historical uh, uh, accounts of what had happened in Ramadi, and and Seth said something along the lines of every operation we did, you could feel Jocko beating his head against the wall to make things happen, and and like you know of course I laughed, but from his perspective, and it's a good perspective and it's an accurate perspective. None of this, nothing just kind of, oh, that fell into my lap. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in combat. It just doesn't happen in combat. And so, yes, this idea that you're gonna be aggressive is 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 very important. But if you think to yourself, well, okay, okay, look, I'm not the type of person that likes to be a loudmouth, likes to shout, likes to yell. Cool, good, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be that way. What it means is, Is You need to make things happen That's what it means and it can be this is the good thing about being aggressive sure There's there's certain parts of your nature that are aggressive, but it can also be trained you can you can Start to think with an aggressive mindset, which is I am going to take action. I'm gonna overcome obstacles I'm gonna push through roadblocks. I'm not gonna take no for an answer and Those are things that you can train and 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 how do you train them? Look, when you when you hit an obstacle, you look at it, you you know, you shake your head and you go, "Cool. Let's go. Let's figure this out." There's so often times where people they get told no or they hit an obstacle and it's game over for them. They're just done. They're done training. They're over it. Mm-hmm. And your attitude, you have to go, "Okay. Little little roadblock. Cool. How am I going to get through it? How am I going to get around it?" And I used to put people so to train people to be more aggressive, regardless of what they're. And believe me, I had I had guys, you know, SEAL officers that were coming through that, or or SEAL chiefs that were coming through, real real passive guys, quiet guys, you know, not the type of person that you would figure, oh, this guys, oh yeah, that guy's aggressive. You wouldn't characterize him as that. Mm-hmm. But I would so what I would do is put them in situations where, if they didn't. Make aggressive decisions to make things happen. They were going to get annihilated. Mm. Put them in training scenarios like that. Okay. Oh, you want to sit here and you want to wait. Like you're getting attacked and you want to sit here and you want to. wait. You don't make. Don't want to make a decision. Cool. In in 16 minutes, I will have everyone in your task unit dead. Mm. We will kill them all with the paintball. If you and the, and so they learn that. And I go. Well, what do you think happened? You know. And they'd say. Well, we we started to get surrounded. And and I go. And what did you do? Well, you know we. We held position. Okay, how'd you, how long did you hold position for? We held it for a while. And what did the enemy do? Well, they started to maneuver. And then what would you do? Well, we held position. And then what did the enemy do? Well, they maneuvered more. And then what would you do? I held position. And then we started taking casualties. And then the enemy maneuvered, and then they closed the distance, and then they took us out. Okay, what do you think would have been better? Well, perhaps when it first started, before they had us enveloped, I could have made a maneuver to get to another building with some more high ground. Mm, that sounds like a great idea. Next time, why don't you be a little bit more aggressive in making things happen? Okay, put them in the same scenario. They get a little bit more aggressive. They realize that it's that it it, it serves its function mm. and they start to develop the attitude and they start to understand what a lack of aggression will get you because that's an important thing to know, right? It's not just the carrot, it's the stick. Cool, mm. If I do if I do this aggressive thing, it'll be rewarding. If I don't do something aggressive, we're gonna get annihilated. Mm so here's the other thing that you got to be ready for so so if you're if you're a person that you lean towards being passive you've got to start to lean towards being aggressive and here's the thing that you got to remember you're going to make mistakes cuz when you're aggressive you're taking more risk and often you're taking more risk now when you if you played out the whole matrix of being passive versus being aggressive i will tell you that being aggressive is the one that ends up on top are there but there are scenarios where your aggressiveness ends up costing you a little bit. That that absolutely happens. It happens in business, it happens in life, it happens on the battlefield. But overall, being aggressive is what this is why this is why this is where the idea you this is where the idea of aggressive has to be your default mode. This is exactly why aggression has to be your default mode. Your default mode is aggressive. If your default mode is aggressive and it's not the right answer, you just, you just use the other answer, right? right. Your default mode is aggressive. That's the, why I originally said to these young SEAL officers, your default mode has to be aggressive. So if you're not sure if you should stay or should go, go to the default which is gonna be aggressive because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, seven times out of 10, eight times out of 10, that's gonna be a better move than sitting on your ass and doing nothing. That's what's gonna get you killed. So your default mode is to go. Now, do you always go with your default mode? No, you don't always go with it. It's the default mode. But occasionally, you go, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go with the default mode. You put it. You pull the setting out, and you yeah. go into the other mode. Customize it a little bit. Yeah, you bit. customize a little bit for that particular situation. But your default mode is, I'm going to be aggressive. And that's the the odds. You want the odds. You want to stack the odds in your favor. Mm. What does
1: Jason, Jason Gardner says, puts it kind of a cool, like, good way to just really wrap your head around, like, being in a default mode. Something along the lines of, like... It's easier, or it's better to like have to pull someone back totally than have to push them forward. Kind it's of, it's, like it's that.
0: a million times easier to have to pull the reins in on someone, on a, on an element, on a team, yeah, on a leader, yeah. on a person. It's a, it's a million times easier to go, all right, all right hey, come on back. Right, right. You're going too hard. It, then going, hey, you need to get out there. Yeah. Because by the way, I mean, if you think about this from a like an actual event unfolding, if an event unfolds and you're the person that's on point, and you don't react to it properly, that that event needs to make it through you to me before I can now assess what I think you should do and then tell you to go do it and then kick you in the ass so you go do it.
1: Mm.
0: I don't want that. Mm. We already lost. Yeah. I want I want you to go, hey, oh, we just got this event started unfolding, I'm on it. And you look back at me, hey, Jocko, I'm solving this problem right now. Oh, what's the problem, right? I don't even yeah. know what the problem is yet. You're already solving it. Yeah. That's what I want. And if I happen to occasionally have to pull the reins on you, I'm more than happy to pull the reins on you. Yeah. What? So yes, that's uh, universal. It's mm-hmm. easier to lead someone that you have to pull the reins on than you have to push. Yeah, yeah. We'd rather pull back than push forward. That and sense. that that idea of being aggressive is is part of that. So I want all my, I want all, all my subordinate leaders to be aggressive. And as a leader, I know that my subordinates are going to make mistakes while they're learning to be aggressive. And even when they're being aggressive and I'm they're f- considered fully trained and fully ready, they're still gonna make mistakes. I'm still gonna make mistakes being aggressive. I'm gonna make mistakes, yeah. but we're gonna play the odds.
1: Yeah.
0: And the odds are, the odds are you'd be aggressive. I'm trying to think of a good blackjack, you know, you ever play blackjack before? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. so I mean like there's, you know, dealers showing a whatever, dealers, de- showing dealers, dealers showing 20 and you're showing a 14, you gotta hit it, like that, that's the odds. <laughs> yeah. The odds are you gotta hit it. Mm-hmm. Dealers showing a 14 and you're showing a 14, you got to let you got to you got to hold let the dealer let the dealer take the hit. Do they call it I forget what do they call it showing 20 cuz you know one
1: is down one is up, yeah, right? Yeah. Is it, do they call that showing 20? Let's well, say you have a 10 or a Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, because
0: or, you don't know what the other card is. Right? You just assume you assume that it's a 10. So you showing yes. 20. Okay. Yeah. Man, I haven't yeah. played blackjack in a while. I can't I can't believe I'm like struggling with my thought process around blackjack around <laughs> the numbers.
1: <laughs> no, that's how, bro. Yeah. It was it was more of a terminology situation. Yeah.
0: But you play the odds. And there's rules when you're playing the odds in blackjack. There's rules of what you hit and what you don't. And you stick with the rules, the odds are gonna be on your side. Yeah, yeah. More than if you don't, if you just sit back. And and so we're playing the odds, we're playing the odds with leadership. And the odds are, Your default mode, it's not that you never come out of default mode, the odds are you be aggressive. So back to this question here, well, there's another couple things in this question. When to be aggressive? Look, the default mode is be aggressive, and sometimes you look at it and you go, "Hmm, now's not the time. Mm -hmm. Does it come off as fake or not natural? Hey, it's not, being aggressive from this perspective isn't how you're acting, it's the decisions that you're making. It's the decision. I I was working with a client yesterday, and we were talking about data. I think it was a client call or it was another. (laughs) Yeah, it was about data. And it was actually the very similar question. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm I'm not very aggressive and I'm more of a data guy and I like numbers and that's how I roll. And yet I'm not getting recognized. And I was like, cool, get aggressive with your data. Put your data together and present it up the chain of command. Not to say, hey, look at me, but to say, hey, here's what's going on, here's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You're being aggressive with your data. You're showing them what's happening because the guy wasn't getting the recognition that he needed. Right. And he was so that meant his senior leadership didn't know what he was doing, which meant he's not getting the resources that he needs to do his job. And instead of being like, hey, this is what I need, because he's not an aggressive guy. He's sitting back and just getting resources stripped away from him. I said, cool, you're a data guy. Record the data of what you're doing, present it, and the da- let the data speak. Get default aggressive with your data. <laughs> Uh, did I miss anything here? Yeah, so it's not natural. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you all of a sudden start to try and act, yeah. you know, this this new way. Yeah, yeah, Brad, don't do that. Yeah, it's 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 probably not gonna go good. Now, can you, do you sometimes have to learn, like, okay, you know what? I gotta stand up and say something. I gotta put word out, right? Yeah. You know, and I watched many guys in my career go through the transition of being a little bit less aggressive, and they realize, you know what? I'm in charge of this thing. I gotta go put the word out. Mm-hmm. and And that's perfectly fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of, for lack of a better term, superficial personality traits that are aggressive. Some people say, oh, well, that's, that's aggressive. Yes. You know, where yeah. there's more depth to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, because again, like, you know, you, you can think of like a, 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 I don't know, some fictional or maybe even non not fictional, like maybe Japanese business tycoon mm-hmm. who doesn't say nothing really oh, you know yeah. but you know he's making aggressive moves like yes. that's an aggressive guy kind of you know true. there's it goes deep and then you know a guy who how you were saying like he yells and screams and has a loud voice or whatever yeah. it's kind of like, okay if that's your personality that's gonna land for sure but it's more about the decisions you make if well, you, try when you to, say it's
0: gonna land what do you mean because that might just make a bunch of people angry right, right sometimes
1: well it depends but, on what but, you're well, yelling and screaming for it. sure but, but what,
0: what you're saying is there could be someone that's loud and scream, but they're but they're they're using that to cover the fact that they're actually not making any moves. Potentially, yeah. potentially, so, yeah. So the yelling and screaming has very little to do with aggressive movement on the battlefield. Yes, is what you're saying.
1: I, oh, I'm saying there's more depth to it. But the point actually is is that um
0: you should have well, just taken that point because that was a good point. You should have <laughs> taken that one and run with it. <laughs> but I'll right. let you continue.
1: All right, this one is probably less glurable, but nonetheless, if you if because he's concerned about faking it or coming off as fake, mm-hmm. where no if, need. You're, if you're focused on those. Like a superficial elements of of your personality being aggressive, that's the part they're gonna smell is fake. If you're trying to change that part, for of sure, it, you know, like oh, this guy. bro, we used to have this te- in seventh grade. He was I don't know, I think it's like a music teacher.
0: I don't know something super aggressive music no, teacher. He was like a nice dude, <laughs> like really nice. And, and there's, <laughs> there's not too many stereotypical hyper aggressive no. music teachers.
1: No man, he was he, no, he wasn't. I, I had a, I had an
0: assistant platoon commander, and g- aggressive, great guy and he you know i didn't i you know as as i got to know him you know and, and i was like so what would you study in college and he's like percussion yeah man dig <laughs> it i'm, I'm like, what, what are you talking about i was like Co- what concussion what he's like percussion drumming yeah he was a drum, he started drumming in college Dang. which is just, just kind going of
1: going deep in percussion
0: yeah i didn't know you could major in percussion i mean i guess but anyways the history of percussion yeah, um, properties of percussion. My point is, had he become a music teacher, Might he would probably would have been it because de- he was an <laughs> well, aggressive assistant platoon commander. Yeah,
1: <laughs> had to had to
0: pull the reins on him sometimes. <laughs> would well, be then, out there getting after it. This guy
1: was not aggressive at all. He was like a nice guy trying to please everyone. You know, short term and long term kind of thing, which didn't really work. With I think I'm pretty sure it was seventh grade. So, he was like. I remember guys would just run circles around him. You know, like people wouldn't listen and all this. Mm -hmm. He had trouble controlling the class. We'll say Mm -hmm. that. And then at one one time, (laughs) he tried to switch his personality. One time he dropped a book. You know how like sometimes when you drop a a big book? Yeah, sometimes when it hits correctly, Mm -hmm. it's like boom. It's like a fire. So one time, bro, he tried to do that and it didn't make the sound. And like, no one, everyone was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's like looking at everybody with his eyes all big. Nonetheless, I think that was like, I think he got aggressive one day and people like shut up and were like, hey, this guy's like, you know how when someone's never aggressive and then Mm -hmm. they start yelling, you're like, everyone kind of be quiet, like, dang, this guy's yelling. So I think he, he might have got a small little payoff one day, and then from then on he started to try to be like aggressive. Mm-hmm. But everyone could smell it on yeah. him. Like, bro, that's not even your thing. So he, well, you it, gotta be it worked to against it him. Yeah, yep. he, everyone was kind of laughing at him. Yeah, now Now he's like a weirdo.
0: Yep. So no, 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 no need to do that. No need. Don't be throwing the music book on the table.
1: No, no. The big textbook it was on the floor too, but yeah, it didn't work. Unfortunate.
0: Right, next question. So this question is actually that I got one of them that I got from EF Online. So, EF Online, you know, since the big um, lockdown, lockdown in the world, we've pushed a lot of resources and time and effort into EF Online. It was actually something that we were working on, so it's good timing. But EF Online used to be a, a relatively static training platform, really aimed at. Enterprise clients. So big companies would train their people based on the leadership principles. And but it's it's a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. And so with the lockdown, we've been working with a lot of our clients through webinars. So what we basically we've 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 really kind of
1: reformulated.
0: Reformulated and are reattacking this online world. -hmm. And so what we so we're doing a bunch of live webinars. We're doing Q and A sessions. We got chats going on. We got we've got a forum. So we got all kinds of things that are happening. What it's doing is is now it's got we got like a community of people Mm -hmm. that are on there all the time. They're asking us questions. We're just it's just awesome. And so one of the questions that I got asked was from a from a police officer who was basically talking about he's got some complainers or he was talking about one complainer in particular, and the question was, what advice do you have for dealing with that one officer on your team that is the Debbie Downer? They complain about everything. You know the one, no matter what you ask the team to do, that one guy or gal that sucks all the energy out of the room, the buzzkill." So I thought that this was a, a, a good question. And I thought it was a good question because it, everybody knows that. There, there's a, yes. everybody knows that person so much that there's a term for it, Debbie Downer, Debbie, right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, a, a an existing, a pre-existing term for that person that's complaining and yep. being, a, being negative about everything. So a couple, and what's cool, what's really cool about doing this stuff online is now You know, right now I'm reading the question when I'm doing this, we're, we're, the person's there, like we're talking face (laughs) to, I mean, it's not face to face, but it's face to face because you're on the interwebs and I'm looking right at the person. They're looking right at me. Mm -hmm. And so it's very cool. You're having a conversation. You know, the one thing that's negative about the, this podcast is, well, it's us reading our best interpretation of a question through the interwebs. Mm -hmm. Whereas EF online, you can can actually clarify clarify, you can talk, you can get details and it, it makes it really um, makes it really cool. So, 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 so back to this question, Debbie Downer. So, leadership strategy and tactics. I talked about what one of the solutions that I have for a lot of different leadership problems is actually putting people in charge. So, you put somebody in charge of the of a mission, of a project, of a task, and they want to complain about it. Cool, they can complain about themselves because they're the one that's running it. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's one option and that that option works a lot, right? Sometimes it might not work, sometimes it might not be feasible. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take maybe a junior person and put them in charge of a giant project because it's just, you. you, you the way the responsibility has been doled out from the chain of command, it, you're not allowed to put, you know, Private Jackson sure. in Private charge Jackson. of, or 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 Private Debbie Downer in charge of something. So here's another, and this is another option that Another thing that you can do, and this is a a really incredibly brilliant solution Mm -hmm. listen to them. (laughs) Right? Actually, listen to what they have to say. So sometimes people complain. Because they complain so much, no one actually ever listens to them, and they just keep doing it, and it has no impact. The only impact that it has is it gives them a little good feeling because they got to put up a little protest, right? They got yeah. to sh- throw a little shot, a little negative shot
1: yeah.
0: at the whole, at the man, at the system, yeah. at the mission, at the bar. They get to just throw this little complaint out. And yeah. look, it's 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 kind of within the rules, right? Like you're, it's no one, it's it's almost bad to say, hey, I don't want to hear any complaints, right? Right. Yeah. So you complain and you get away with it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what they do. They gotta get this passive aggressive little complaining going on. So one thing you can do is actually listen to what they say. Actually say, oh, you know what, Echo? Actually, can, can you meet me after this meeting? I wanna actually dig down and see what you're talking about. Yeah. All of a sudden they're thrown for a loop. Just <laughs> that right there can solve the problem. Yeah. Uh, and then when they comment, when you talk to them, actually write down what they are talking about. So those are two solution things. And then, you know, again, because EF Online is live and I'm actually talking to the person that's asking me this question. So, you know, I said, well, hey, what's going on? And I started digging out, digging into it a little bit. And the complaint was, was, again, this was a police department, the complaint was about the current mission that was happening. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the mission that they had been, the mission that his squad had been in charge of had been shifted and... This person, well, that's the main thing that this person was complaining about. Why are we doing this? This should be someone else, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a hard mission. And then as I'm talking to the leader, the leader actually says, like, well, you know, I didn't like the mission either. <laughs> so think about that. Interesting. Think about that. The leader didn't like the mission and one of the subordinates is complaining about it. And I'm saying, of course, you're going to have complete people complaining about the mission, you don't even like the mission. You don't even like the mission. And now you're surprised that some of your subordinates are complaining, and one in particular that always complains anyways is complaining about something that you don't even like. So, you know, here's the deal. Like I said, talk to the complainer, write down their complaints, and then actually give some responses or reasons that explain why things are happening the way they are happening actually give explanations for what that individual is complaining about and By the way, if you don't have good explanations Then go get them Go up your chain of command and say hey boss. Here's what's going on You know, this is what we're this is what some of my troops are saying and I agree with these parts Can we get some explanations behind this? So it's like um, when we got to Ramadi you're gonna be working with Iraqi soldiers I got all kinds of complaints about that out of the gate. And as I've said many times before, I was the chief complainer Mm. for about three minutes before I said, okay, why are we actually doing this? Let me think about this. And I didn't have to ask this up in my chain of command because I figured out why we were doing it. It was what we needed to do to win the war. Mm. And so then I was able to explain, you want to complain? Cool, I accept your complaint. I agreed with it a minute ago. Here's the solution I came to. Here's the answer. Here's why we're doing this. And all of a sudden, the complaints are going to go down. Mm-hmm. And then if you got people that are complaining about things, you give them the answer, and you'll move forward. That's why I don't look at complaining as a negative thing necessarily. And by the way, if complaining is happening and I let it continue to happen, whose fault is that? Is it Debbie Downer's fault? Is it? No, 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 I almost just hucked a knife at you. Yeah, no, it feels like it. That's why you can can be like
1: Oh, yeah, I can't believe Debbie down All you got to do is not complain. Yeah, just shut up. Don't complain.
0: No, actually I own this Oh, one of my subordinates is complaining. Okay, cool. How can I solve this? How about we figure out research what the complaints are about? And not only does it stop them from complaining, but I'm actually building relationships with the team because I'm being responsive to what their complaints are. And when I do that, I make the team tighter and I make the operational capability of the team higher and now we can do a better job accomplishing our mission. So when you get a complainer, try listening to what the complaints are. You can try putting them in charge. You can give them explanations as to why the things they're complaining about aren't happening because if I got my team complaining, I'm going to assume that there's some validity to it. And if there's no validity to it, well then cool, you come to me with a complaint that's completely invalid and I show you, oh oh yeah, here's why your complaint's invalid because this this and this. So now you're complaining about something that is not true, right? You're not going to continue down that road. Yeah. You're going to go, "Oh, I didn't realize that, boss." Yeah. Or you're going to say, "Well, if that's true, boss, then why what about this?" And I go, oh, "Okay, let me let me figure that one out for you. I'm not sure." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of goes along with like how you'd say, like when you pull the thread, you know, mm-hmm. like the beginning of that thread is just the complaint. Right. But when you start pulling the thread all the way out, it's kind of like, oh, shoot, there's some valid stuff in here. Mm-hmm. But on a, in a different situation, it could be that, yeah, this guy's just a complainer. This answers to all of this stuff yeah. that maybe like, I don't know, maybe it's his laziness or his, his whatever, like all invalid complaints. When you pull out that thread,
0: it's like you can see that, too. Right. Yeah. There could be valid it could be invalid. Yeah, pull the thread, yeah. find the answer to Listen that, to and yeah, give it man. to him. Yeah, listening—the the, the most underrated tool of leadership. Yeah. Your ears.
1: But you can kind of—I mean, it, it's not like so like. Ludicrous though, like to to dismiss a complainer, it's not that because you know, like how you said, everyone knows a Debbie Downer, and man, after a while, the complaint can be valid or invalid. It's kind of like man, you just but you just complain so much, you just dismiss them already, you know. Yes, literally, like a Debbie Downer. Da- I'm but, thinking, but,
0: but yes, but the only way to break them of that, they've gotten into that habit because their complaints don't have any, um, they don't have any. They don't have they don't have any outcome. They don't have any result. The only yeah. thing they are is a little a little, a little uh, Yeah, a little pay. What's that? What's that thing? Oh, the little dopamine, dopamine hit when hit. I say yeah. this, this is the dumbest mission We've ever done. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and then that's it. It just makes me feel good. Everyone heard yeah, yeah. me <laughs> You know, yeah. everyone knows that I think yeah. this is dumb yeah. and now I'm just gonna continue to be going through the motions of whatever But I'm being negative. I'm dragging yeah. the people down. But I, at least I got mine. Yeah and and the habit forms that yeah, and yeah. you can break that habit when someone goes oh this is the dumbest mission i've ever seen oh, hey hey i could, what, what what part of the mission do you think is dumb let me you know, yeah. what, what part oh let me get my let me get my notebook and write, write this down yeah. what do you got you know it's a, another thing on ef online <laughs> i've been doing these um, leadership primers of mm-hmm. saying like hey here's a little thing to here's a little thing to think about right when you when you uh, f- for the reason i use this word leadership primer mm-hmm. so Hackworth has a book called Vietnam primer to sure. get people ready. To, it was written in like, yeah. whatever, 60, 68. Hell yeah. When guys were getting ready to go to Vietnam. Yeah. And so he wrote Vietnam primer to give them a heads up, get them mind right, give them some good tips for, for how that, t- t- to be ready to deploy. Mm-hmm. Well, think about this. Think if, think if you were walking to your house and there was a, a, a bad guy in there. A Criminal had broken in and he and as soon as you walked in he he you know Threw a punch at you or he ran at you or he was Let's not go that he when you walked in he's confronting you. Yeah, yeah. Think if 10 seconds before you walked in you got the message that said hey when you walk in here There's a bad guy in your house. Yeah, yeah. you you're, you would respond way better yeah. so the leadership primer EF Online, the leadership primer is just me saying, "Hey, here's a little something to think about today. Here's mm-hmm. a little something to put you." And one of the leadership primers I did the other day was, "Get a notebook. Get a notebook, a little notebook. Keep it in your pocket when somebody tells you something, up the chain or down the chain of command. Get out your notebook and write it down. Yeah. You know how, um, how powerful that is.
1: Yeah.
0: Think of it if you think of it from either direction." Think of you're my subordinate, and you tell me something, and I get out my notebook and write it down. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, dang, this guy cares. Yep. You know? Now, what
0: if you're my boss, and you say, "Hey, Jocko, can you take care of X, Y, Z? And I go, "Yes, no problem, sir." And I get out my notebook and write it down. What same, are you thinking? Same thing. Now, your initial thought is like, "Of course, it's positive." I actually have to follow through. I can't just like take notebooks and throw them away yeah, every day, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to actually <laughs> take your notes and log them down. Note-taker. But that's a little that's a little tool that you can use. You wouldn't be able to when I was in the Dames, when I was in the teams, you wouldn't be able to find me without a notebook. You would not be able to find me without a notebook. And by the way, I have a good memory too. I have a good memory, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. When you tell me something, I'm going to write it down because I, A, I don't want to forget it, and B, I want you to know that I got you. Mm -hmm. And you know what's cool? Three weeks goes by, and I go, Hey, Echo, you remember you asked me about this piece of gear that you thought we should have? Here's the research. We actually have them ordered. Yeah, you know what I'm saying boom yeah. or you're my boss and I say hey boss three weeks ago You mentioned this something to me off the cuff You said you wanted to know how many guys I had called for this thing and how many we we're gonna have ready for deployment I just want to let you know the number is 12 right now and I'm gonna have 17 when we go on deployment yeah. and the boss goes Man. It's good. <laughs> so what does that mean? Does that mean I'm kissing my boss's ass and brown? No it means first of all he had a reason for asking me that and second of all he, His trust in me just went up a little bit yeah, fully in both directions. Yeah. So that's the point here. When someone starts complaining to you, look, let's face it, a lot of time these complaints, they're throwaway comments.
1: Yeah.
0: And now all of a sudden you're not letting them get thrown away. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you're getting out the notebook on <laughs> Yeah. So little leadership primer, mm. carry a notebook with you. Something happens, write it down. And I actually, you know, you could say, yeah, you know, you could just get out of your phone and go into the notes thing, but I, I kind of don't agree with that. Mm. Let's face it. When people pull out their phone, unless you go, hold on. You know, you if you are going to pull out your phone and make a note Mm -hmm. in your phone, you got to tell them what you are doing. You got to say, "Hold on a second. Let me, let me, let me write that. Let me put that in my notes." Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, they think, "Oh, cool. I am telling him a major problem I've got, and he's he's shooting a text."
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like getting bored with. He's checking the gram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Listen to your complete. Well, overall. Listen When people have complaints, listen, dig down, pull the thread. Put them in charge, that's an option, but also listen, pull the thread, dig down, find the solution, find the reason, and explain it to them. Yeah,
1: that no taking thing, I can't help, but, and this is just an extreme version of mm-hmm. it, so which I think you kinda like, almost implied a little bit there, where, you know how like on the movie, I don't know which one, <laughs> All of them. I don't know. You have the little, you know, you have the powerful boss walking around, and then the little, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, note taker taking everything, writing every little thing down, yep. you know, kind of thing. Don't be that guy writing everything down. No, you know, because it's it's kind of like, bro, this guy's just a no, weirdo. In fact, we're actually right writing
0: down positive things, right now. I guess a complaint's not a positive thing, but it's positive that you're saying, oh, wait a second, there's a problem. There's something you don't understand. Cool, yeah. we're write this down. Yeah,
1: important stuff. Yeah, you know, and it's it's it almost goes back to like. Opening your mouth to begin with, you know, like you only say important stuff. Don't just blah 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 all the yeah. time Same thing with the note-taking almost kind of thing where if you're this especially if you're a subordinate, yeah, right? Where it's, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, let me take some it, notes it, on and nothing. also let
0: me make this perfectly clear You're not taking notes so that you can prove to them that you're listening uh, yeah, no, yeah, You're yeah, actually yeah, taking notes yeah. so you can log down what they're saying and you can pull the string on it either direction Right. That's what you're doing. You're not doing it. So, oh, cool. I'm going to make a good impression. No, you're doing it yeah. because it's going to do a be, It's going to make right. you do a better job so you can better support the guys above you and below you in the chain of command so that we can win. Bro, that's such a good point because that's that caricature in the movie
1: who's taking notes. all. You know, like the little you know what?
0: taking too many notes. I knew guys that would write things down and never do anything with them. Yeah, I, just want I have less respect for you. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if and you that's write the, it down, man, I expect some action. Yeah, right. I expect some <laughs> sure. action.
1: Oh yeah, but that's the point, right? Where that's why that character character exists in the movie because he's he's displayed and shown as a kiss ass guy writing every little yeah, thing down, sure. and you could tell that's his whole intention is to be the kiss ass. Yeah. It's like to display yeah. that you know kind of thing, where. And that's what it comes down to, like your actual intention, because like we, like you always said, like man, people can smell that on you. If you're like there to, if you have some ulterior motive or whatever,
0: intention has a strong smell. Yes, it does. You can quote me on that. <laughs> intention right. has a strong smell, and if your intention, what, what your intention is, will be smelled by the people around you.
1: Oh yeah, and that's how it's gonna look. It has a look too. Sometimes, it has a look, but the
0: smell is more pungent. <laughs> In both directions. (laughs) In both directions, by the way. When my intention is to take care of you, that's that is felt. It's smelt and it's pungent. If my if my intention is to kiss your ass, you can smell that just as well. Smell it from a while mile away. Um, cool.
1: Yes. Agree. Next question. This is gonna sound like a strange question, but how would you advise mentally preparing for the horrors of war? Like if you knew someone, you cared about was going to be on the front lines, what would you tell them?
0: I would tell them to detach. You know, I would tell them to detach. I would tell them to do their job, but don't get all caught up in it because that's what you have to do. You, if you're going to the front lines, and and you know, right now there's a bunch of doctors and nurses going to the front lines in hospitals, and that can be emotionally overwhelming. Look, they do that for a living, but when you see overcrowded or whatever's happening, you can see where people might be overwhelmed by that, or their health at risk, so they're overwhelmed by that. So do your job, but you've got to stay detached from it. Don't get all caught up in it. And also, I would say, I would tell them, look, it's it's oh, it, the the emotions that you're going to have are okay and it's normal. You're going to feel scared, you're going to feel disgusted, you're going to feel horrified, you're going to feel sick. All those things are are all those things are normal. They're normal feelings that you're going to have when you are seeing this side of humanity for the first time. I would say I would tell them to write down and talk about what they see, what they hear, what they feel with other people because if you try and keep them contained inside your own head, you won't process them as well. When you write things down, it forces you to think through them. When you talk about it with other people, you get some of that out of your system. So I think that's powerful. Uh, separate work from home, right? So you're going to go in this horrible place. Don't bring that home with you. How do you do that? Change out of your uniform. Get to Put, put, put your flip-flops on. Mm-hmm. Put your put your shorts on and your t-shirt when you get home. Don't wear your uniform. Don't wear your police uniform. Don't wear your your doctors, don't wear your scrubs home. Take them off. Don't wear your EMT uniform home. Don't just don't do that. Change. And then compartmentalize because you don't you you got to compartmentalize these bad things and and I guess maybe that could be construed in a negative way. Like I'm saying, lock down, you know, high, come put them in a compartment and put them away, I'm not saying that. Mm. I'm saying separate, because what I'm saying, I'm not saying lock things, put things in a box and lock them there, I'm not saying that at all. I'm actually saying the opposite, write about them, talk about them with your friends, You know, talk about what you experienced, what you felt, all that stuff, mm. it's gonna make you feel better. But keep it separate from people that don't have that experience, right? So you don't want to drag home the war to your wife and your kids. You don't want to drag home the the ER to your wife and your kids. You don't want to drag home the perpetrators and the horrible things you see as a police officer. You don't want to drag those home every day. Mm-hmm. So compartmentalize. And I think those are the things that I've done that, that I think have helped me. Yes, sir. All right, this next question you mind if I read this next question, I don't mind This next question is kind of uh, it's a good question I think we're gonna get a lot out of it But it's a lot. It's a little bit of a longer question mm-hmm. and I'm gonna actually end up reading it. I think twice First I'm just gonna read it through here. We go I've been working on asking you this question for over a year and this is the best way I, can, I think I can articulate it Everything I say falls on deaf ears. I try to give advice when asked or if someone is in trouble and they don't listen to the sound advice Then later I try to get them listen to someone else that might have more credibility an author or podcaster Philosopher, etc. And they still won't listen They tried their hardest to make what solutions. I'm trying to give Don't not apply to them because of X Y Z All excuses almost as if they are too good to implement the advice because it came from me and me alone literally solving people's problems and they are deliberately not listening it's not how I present the information they should use my tonality is just fine it's almost as if they won't listen because they know I'm right and I want to prove And they want to prove I'm wrong by not giving me the respect. I feel the majority of people see me as lesser, not worthy of respect or listening to even though I use such obvious logic. These people continuously try to exercise power over me defiantly. An extreme non-influential presence even with logic, tact, respectfulness no one wants to listen to me people just refuse to even respectfully move out of the way when I'm trying to get around them not even strangers people I live with I don't understand what it is about me that most people don't respect everyone seems to have the attitude to defy or oppose everything I say no matter the circumstances whether I'm trying my best to lead give advice Etc people won't listen to me. They won't get behind me. I lack so much influence. It's not funny I try but to no avail. What do you think? So Look, it's 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 a rough situation, right? Yes. Like like I, I feel for the individual in that situation. I feel you know, I think ah Imagine the frustration that you feel being in that position where you're just no one's listening to you that being said you know we have a situation here where you can see a lot of it is based on everyone else's problems and not mine so it starts off everything i say falls on deaf ears so even even that statement right there Mm -hmm. even that statement right there out of the gate it's not what it's not what i'm saying it's that they are deaf right yeah so that right there's just we're opening opening salvo is you're not listening to me. Then I try to give advice when asked or if someone is in trouble and they don't listen to sound advice. Again, whose fault is that? I'm giving you sound advice and everyone else, they're not listening. Continues on. Then I try to get them to listen to someone else that might have more credibility, an author or podcaster, philosopher, and they still won't listen. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I wonder what that sounds like. (laughs) Right. Yes, it, I imagine that it sounds something like, you know, you should, you know, Hackworth says the exact same thing as me <laughs> Or uh, yeah. or uh, you know, you, you might want to listen to some Sam Harris Because <laughs> if you listen to some Sam Harris, you listen to some Tim Ferriss, you'll see the light on this mm-hmm. Meaning I'm over here. I already see the light, right, you know, right, you, right. Might wanna, you might want to you might want to check out the light with me mm-hmm. or you know Marcus Aurelius is a He's a good reference point You know Ew. one of the classic stoics you might want to check him out <laughs> So I feel like there's a little you know, you're just bolstering your opinion by offering other people that That, that you agree with mm. and now it's supposed to give it clout of the feeling I get a little bit like okay the continuing on then they try their hardest to make what solutions I'm trying to give doesn't apply to them because of XYZ all excuses and again now instead of saying hey well, what way am I explaining these that people have got perfect solutions allegedly which again that's a huge
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a huge um, assumption is that my solutions are freaking perfect and they just won't listen. But instead of saying that, it's like, oh, maybe my solutions, number one, aren't that great, or number two, maybe I'm not explaining them out very well. Mm -hmm. But none of this is my fault, it's their fault, and they're just making excuses, that Mm -hmm. it's not on me. And then it continues, almost as if they are too good to implement the advice because it came from me and me alone. And and this is where you start to hear that, this is where I start to get a little bit of a sense of the mindset of the individual because the individual's perception that they don't that people don't like or people don't respect them the individual it it causes them it causes that individual to act in ways that they that that individual doesn't even perceive themselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what shows through again intent has a smell what shows through is frustration what shows through is resentment You know what I'm saying? Resentment shows through. You can't hide resentment. Annoyance when you're annoyed that people aren't listening to you it shows through. Arrogance shows when you're when you think you have the perfect solution and that's how you're coming across. That's how you're talking to people. That shows through. Mm -hmm. And so all the that that perception that people don't like me. That perception that I'm that that people are looking down on me that perception that you have of yourself shows through and it comes across in a bad way. The next sentence, literally solving people's problems and they are deliberately not listening. Again, none of this has to do with me, none of it has to do with my um, my solutions themselves, none of it has to do with any of that, they just don't like me, it's their fault.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally
0: their fault. Uh, and by the way, in doing that we have to assume that these people are just gonna fail because they're not listening, so I would rather fail than listen to Fred here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he can. And then this is just—it's not how I present the information. They should use my tonality is just fine. Oh yeah, just fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. This is not so, my fault. My tonality is my tonality is fine. Like the way I'm presenting. Look, look, I'm presenting this in the most just beautiful way. Yeah. It's not it's not on me. It's not my fault. My tonality is actually perfect. The way I present my ideas is so good.
1: You know what's funny? It's like I know you're exaggerating, but it's for good reason. I, I yeah, I'm like trying that. to make the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And that's good because you know I'm I'm putting myself in his shoes where I'm like, my tonality is fine. Like, what do what does it feel like when you for real believe that your tonality is fine? You say, but my tonality is fine. Like <laughs> But really what it really is is I never, never really thought about it. It just, it doesn't stand out as not fine to mm-hmm. me, you know? So it's like, yeah, my is fine. I'm going to include that in there just so we all know yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, how yeah. it feels for me. Yeah. But in reality, it's like... <sighs> Oh, is it? Fine, just fine. Because apparently not, right? So that's why you exaggerated it to, to help it stand out as a thing. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But yes, <laughs> I feel it. That's what I felt when my tonality is fine. That's what I felt. You might as well have said, my tonality is the most perfect tonality in the history of tonality. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. You know? yeah, that's not something that you would even think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You just be like, as uh. a person, so yeah. but
0: you go through it and you think, you know what? The way I talk to everyone is actually fine. It's yeah. actually good. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> if it wasn't, I would know about it. Yeah, clearly it would stand out to me. Yeah, exactly.
0: Next one. Next sentence. It's almost as if they won't listen to me because they know I'm right <laughs> and they want to prove I'm wrong by not giving me the respect. All kinds of insecurity issues right there. All kinds of all kinds of insecurity, and that insecurity comes across. And it doesn't come across as like, "Oh, you know, echo's kind of insecure, but we'll listen. no, it comes across as you're overcompensating by a long shot." And by the way, it's almost as if they won't listen to me because they know I'm right. I mean that's just crazy talk, right? Mm-hmm. How many times, Echo Charles? Yes. How many times have you heard me say I know I'm right? None, <laughs> zero. And, and there's some things that I'm pretty knowledgeable about. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, there's some things that I'm pretty knowledgeable, right, mm-hmm. about. And how many times have I? And I don't know what this. I don't even know what this guy does for a living. Mm-hmm. But let's say maybe. Well, there's no telling, but. Even a master of something shouldn't say, I know I'm right. Yeah. Very, very, very seldom. Yeah. Very it, seldom. It, man, especially that right there. I know I'm right. There's a difference between like,
1: I know this is true or I know no, this I, is How about like, this? I think-
0: this is true. Oh,
1: okay. Well, I'm talking like like a factual you're going and Because next level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So. Okay. If yeah. You're, if you want to say it, factual, like like he was there. He was that person was there okay. at that location. Like I know that that's true. Like that's different than yeah. saying I know I'm right about this. You know, yeah. I know I'm right. I know. I'm right. Yeah. No, you have never said that.
0: <sighs> Meanwhile, this guy is saying it. Um. And and by the way, you know, this is like starting starting to get into the hey, everyone. Is against me. Mm, yeah. uh, not only that, every like the whole world, everyone that I that I deal with, they all don't listen to me. What is wrong with everyone else? Right? This yeah. isn't even like, hey, look, you and I had a little disagreement. I'm gonna take ownership of it and just say it's my fault. No, this is everyone. Yeah. Um c- continuing on. I feel the majority of people see me as lesser. Not worthy of respect or listening to, even though listening, even though I use such obvious logic. Now this is this is where I start to feel like uh, sympathy, right? Like because now you got this bad, low self-esteem, low self-opinion, and when you see yourself as lesser, then you start to overcompensate for it. Mo- many people start to overcompensate. And, you know, they start to try and act like yeah, they start to say things like, I use obvious logic. Yeah. There's a whole genre so, of people yeah, yeah. who like to use the terms facts, logic. And, 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 and so when they say, well, you know what, Jonko, Look, I come at people with facts and logic and, and sometimes it just pisses them off. And what they don't you know what I mean? It's yes, it's, sir, I do. it's that it's the thing that it's one of the things that, that you say You refer back to a lot, which is when someone says, you know, hey, I'm just that type of person You just have to deal with it. <laughs> they feel the same way about saying look I just deal in facts and logic mm-hmm. and You know people just need to People can't accept it yeah, sometimes. They can accept, yeah, and, and, and what are you gonna say? Well, you know lies are better or it's one of those It's kind of like you put yourself on a in a in a in a position of authority, right? Listen. I like to use facts and logic. Yeah, it's like irrefutable. Yeah, position. I I use facts and logic and other people are just emotional and crazy and yeah. obviously everyone should just listen to me. So that's kind of that's kind of a a little bit of that tonality here. Yeah. So it continues these people and by the way, people is in quotes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. People is in quotes. These people <laughs> oh as if God. they're yeah. Subhumans. <laughs> yes, sir. These people yeah. continuously try to exercise their power over me defiantly. An extreme, and then it's kind of a weirdly worded sentence an extreme, non influential presence, even with logic, tact, and respectfulness. So he's talking about himself. No one wants to listen to me. So saying that you have tact respectfulness and logic. (laughs) I mean, this is, this is, there's no ownership about the message, about the delivery, about the tonality, about the attitude. Everything is everyone else's fault. And by the way, like, this is one of those things where if he was talking about, you know, I got this one department and the two senior people in the department, they have a real, then you start thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe they, maybe they got some ego and maybe Mm -hmm. you need to massage or work through that. This is everyone. This is, we're talking about, you know, everyone that I'm interacting with doesn't listen to me. They they disrespect me. It continues on, people just refuse to even respectfully move out of the way when I'm trying to get around them. Not even strangers, people I live with. This This statement, first of all, why not move around other people, right? That's first of all. Second of all, you ever hear when someone says, oh, I was thinking about buying a Corvette -hmm. And now everywhere I look, I see Corvettes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is the same thing where he feels disrespected. Now anytime anybody's in his way, it's they are straight up disrespecting him. Yeah. Yes. Continues on. I don't understand what it is about me that most people don't respect. Everyone seems to have. The attitude to defy or oppose everything I say no matter the circumstance whether I'm trying my best to lead give advice etc people won't listen to me they won't get behind me I lack so much influence it's not funny I try but to no avail what do you think so here's what I think to this individual stop trying so hard stop trying so hard to lead stop trying so hard to influence stop trying so hard to give advice to everybody leadership starts with following people that's how that's 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 where leadership starts I would say assessing what I'm reading that you lack real true confidence Real true confidence you have some false bravado that makes you say it's obvious and I'm logical. That's not real I think you lack and and the the lack of confidence comes through all over this thing and so does the overcompensation So oddly enough, let me tell you something start training jiu-jitsu Strange thing to say right strange thing to say start lifting weights those are, those are two things. I'm going to say, start training jiu-jitsu, start lifting weights. Why? Because you lack confidence. And those things will start to give you confidence. Start listening to people. Instead of always feeling like you need to give your two cents, start listening to people. It actually takes confidence to listen. I, I, write, I write about that in Leadership Strategy and Tactics. It takes extreme like confidence to accept other people's ideas. That takes the highest level of confidence. And if you don't know that, then you're constantly trying to show that you don't need to listen to their ideas. So start listening to other people. Start trying to support their plans instead of trying to force your great ideas down everyone's throats. Because right now you don't have a relationship with anybody. All you do is you're constantly outbound to people, do this, do that, it's always about you. So start. Following other people start supporting other people. It takes confidence takes true confidence to follow it takes true confidence to support other people and Right now You don't have that kind of confidence. You don't have that kind of humility And so you act arrogant and that's that right there is probably why no one listens to you Because you act arrogant So force yourself to be humble force yourself to listen force yourself to follow and over time you will start to be appreciated And when people start to appreciate that, you and the way you behave, then people will start to listen to you. And then eventually you can, you will be followed by people. And all that right there starts off with you taking ownership of your shortfalls instead of blaming everyone else. Because that's exactly what this whole thing is. And if you want to go through life blaming everyone else for everything that doesn't go your way, then you actually have no power over it and you'll just continue in this situation forever. But if you want actually take ownership of it, you can fix the shortfalls, which are yours. They're your shortfalls. And then you can become eventually the leader that you want to be; otherwise, you continue down this p- path of blaming everyone else, not changing yourself, and you will continue to be not listened to, not respected. Bro, we, this is like this is an extreme case. really It's, it's an extreme but, case. But, but, it's but. an extreme case. And I, 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 I really hope. I mean, I truly hope that this individual is really listening. Yeah, because the way that this individual feels about everyone else, it's going to be really easy to oh, Jock was an idiot.
1: Yeah. He's he, he, another one of those people. Yeah. Won't
0: yeah. listen to my logic. Yeah. And, I, and it's, it makes that actually, honestly, it makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad to see someone in this state. Yeah, it, it does. Well, that and I don't want to come off like
1: oh, this is an extreme case like I'm this like expert, but I will say that I think we all are I'm in not the an same expert, boat. But <laughs> did you just say that? Speaking <laughs> no, of arrogance, Jesus But I think we're all in the same boat to say we know what this is. Like we know people like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Ah, you ask like, you know, this I'm not like um, disparaging fitness people at all, mm-hmm. but you ever had an extreme fitness person where if you ate some ch- bubble gum, mm-hmm. they'd be like, you know how much sugar's in that mm-hmm. bubble gum? The mm-hmm. thing is, Brad, that's all true. All that facts, all those mm-hmm. facts and logic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all this stuff, oh yeah. They're not gonna land though because bruh. Okay, so I used to I used to get into, not arguments, but little things with my brother where he'd, he'd, every once in a while, he's not an extreme case, but every once in a while he'll bust out some debate stuff you know, out of mm. nowhere, right? Well, you know how someone will say something and they're they're just talking casually yep. and then you'll be like, hey, what you said there's not right and me, all this stuff, right? Yeah, no one likes that. No one likes that. You, no matter how correct, no matter. Mm-hmm. So what What I wound up telling them to, to try to sum up the whole thing, I said, what you're saying is right, but what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> and so it's like there's another level to it, mm-hmm. you know, like all this facts and logic, whatever. Wait, yeah. You told
0: that to your brother? Yes. Like when you, when you, wait, th- you guys were in a debate of some kind, no, he, or you were just giving a general sort of overview of his existence. I was
1: scolding him for <laughs> getting people into debates all the time. Okay. You know, like if me and you were talking, yeah, he's yeah, listening. Yeah. And like there was this time, um, I think this is what prompted it, where. Me and Terry were, and we were just talking about kids, you know, yeah. just kind of raising kids, and we we're like doing this and this, and he was sort of listening and kind of in the conversation, but I was talking to Terry and he was, and we were talking about um something I forget exactly what it was, but something about like oh if you do this, this will create this response with a kid, mm-hmm. and then we're like hmm, but what if it had the reverse response or whatever? And then he chimed in with something like oh, no, it would have this initial response. And I'm like, well, but you it could stand a reason that, look, they might respond like this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just just talking, though. Like, Ooh, isn't it interesting kind of thing? And then meanwhile, I'm talking to Terry, by the way, mm-hmm. and facilitating Jade's comments, but I'm more talking to Terry. And then he, then he interrupted and goes, no, 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 there's studies about this and that, and then, I'm like, everyone's yeah. kind of like pausing. I was like, Oh dude, he's really aggressive right now. He even said afterwards. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm sorry that it came off. Whatever.
0: He likes to do that. Oh
1: yeah. Big time. Yeah. And that's why, why I wound up when I say scolding, it's like, "Bro, that's your brother. So it's not even scolding, but nonetheless it's yeah. Like what you're saying, regardless of what it is, like yeah. if you, th- if you're, if you have all these, irre- uh, uh, logic, irrefutable logic and facts and all this stuff, like, bro, that's all correct. But what you're doing is wrong.
0: What 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 just, one thing that really bothers me about this is I actually know one hundred percent, which I just talked about not saying yes. <laughs> I, I know that an individual in, the, in this situation can turn it around yeah so that, uh, I know though, they can turn it around it, yeah. there's a in leadership strategy and tactics I have a section called conform to influence mm. and it just talks about like, hey, basically what you just said, you know when the fitness person's like, hey, You should work out every day at four o'clock in the morning and people are like, hey, dude I'm not gonna listen to you because you're barking at me. You're offensive to me Yeah, you know I had that I had this question at the muster in Australia from the female that was like hey I I love health. Mm -hmm. I care about health. I'm working out every morning I'm trying to get everyone motivated. I'm telling them that they shouldn't be eating what they're eating for lunch I'm telling them they should come work out with me afterwards and she's basically not part of the crew Yeah, they're all just looking at her thinking just be quiet yeah. And I said, "Why don't you form some relationships with the people so that they start to listen to you?" So that's another kind of overlying to or, or underlying tone here: is you don't have relationships with anybody. Why are they going to listen to anything that you say? Yeah. Form relationships with people. How do you do that? You listen to them. You follow them. You support them.
1: Yeah, that is like you say that you can recover from it, and that I, yeah, but. It's, it's, it's not going to be
0: the next day, man. It's in fact. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's got a He's got a little campaign. Camp, he's got a campaign ahead campaign, of him. I think a yeah, big campaign
1: because the same way that you look at like, the Corvette thing that you did yep, yep. and you're always seeing the Corvettes everywhere. Yep. And so it's like this kind of pattern of thought. Right. Where now he looks at everyone as like, oh, I just can't wait. Like it's almost like he's waiting for them, anticipating them to totally. disrespect them or whatever. And that's just how. But the same it's a two way street. People are now waiting for him to say some BS to them now. He's going to roll in the room and people are like, here comes whatever with this
0: crap. Let me throw a hypothesis at you. The reason I think it might be a little not as hard as you think it would be is because I bet people don't really have these horrible feelings about him. I bet they're just kind of like, like, you know what I mean? They're they're (laughs) just kind of like, oh yeah. Like when they say, oh, you know, I don't, when when they say to them, I don't think we're going to do it that way. He's thinking See, they don't listen and they're really just thinking well, it seems like there's a problem with that You know it seems like that'd be a little logistically complicated, you know And he doesn't hear that he just hears they hate me and they don't listen to me that is possible So it might not be you know, it's I I got I get asked sometimes, you know, well, um, you know, I'm a female and and the guys are thinking this or I'm a man I'm working with these women and they're thinking that and I go you know who probably is thinking the most about being a man in that room? Yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. You know who is probably thinking the most about being a woman? You know, I've been ta- I've had female leaders come and brief me over and over again and I'm not thinking, "Oh, it's a woman. I'm going to see it from this perspective." Right. No, are there some people that do that? Sure. But most people are like, "Oh, what's what what is she talking about?" Yeah. So there's a good chance that all uh, that some of this is just in his head. It's, some of it is just in his head, yeah. and the person that's thinking about this the most is actually him. Yeah, it's
1: possible.
0: It's also possible that... Everyone well, I Well, <laughs> this, this much I can promise you. These people are not going home and thinking about him all night. Yeah, I can promise you that's not happening. Maybe two of them are yeah, yeah, but he's going home and thinking about them all day all night He's thinking about how much they disrespect him. How much they're yeah. not thinking about that yeah. They don't move out of his way. He somebody you know, he walks down the hallway and wants to get into the the the, the, the freaking refrigerator room <laughs> and someone's in the way and and you yeah. know, they kind of like Like go first. Yeah, they, they never think about that moment no. again. He's dwelling on it. <laughs> Don't dwell on it, man. No one's thinking yeah. about it. Just be, yeah. just be cool. Listen, to other people. Be humble.
1: Oh, that's rough,
0: too. Like if you, if that's in your mind, like people just won't
1: even get out of my way when I'm trying to go around <laughs> them. It's like, whoa, bro, that's like some yeah. sensitive, like, bro, that's where you're finding this. Right, you're finding Corvettes yeah. everywhere. You're man.
0: finding Corvettes everywhere you look as a Corvette. Even Corvettes that aren't Corvettes start looking like Corvettes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You start seeing, Little you know, fieros. Yeah, fieros. I remember looking those. like yes? Funny unfortunately, <laughs> they start looking look look like, like, like a Corvette. Yeah,
1: like brother. And yeah, uh, uh, the to me, as far as me goes, that's true. But at the same time, everyone could know this about this guy. Everyone could have this like. Notion of this guy that this is who this guy is already. He's so annoying every little thing that I do He's he has some advice to make it different or oh, better, yeah. you know but Like
0: even those guys you don't think about them when they're not there
1: Well, yeah,
0: right. Yeah, yeah even true. those guys. Yeah you, when they show up, you're like oh here comes Billy Yeah, with his and somebody named Bill by the way hit me up on social. media I know, and says, really. Why is all the bad guys <laughs> named Bill? <laughs> okay so let's say Dar- darren, darren thing. Hey. you know you got you got little darren coming in you go oh, here's darren with his loud mouth or yeah. he's got his own ideas yeah when so, darren leaves i'm not thinking about darren it's not yeah. driving me crazy i'm not writing i'm not taking a year he took a year to formulate this email a year to formulate. so he's thinking about this all yeah. the time for a year yeah to try and articulate it the right way which by plan. the way according to him he did he did articulate it the right way he says, I've been working on asking you this question for over a year, and this is the best way I think I can articulate it. This is it, the best way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's hard. Now, uh, okay, so there's this.
0: I thought you were gonna comment at least on the fact that I told him to start training jujitsu.
1: jiu-jitsu. Yeah,
0: well, I have nothing to add. Yes, mm, sir, start amen. Start training jiu-jitsu, isn't it? It's a real thing. Real Help thing. Help your self-confidence. Yeah. Hang around with some other people. Get choked out. Get, choked get arm locked. Yeah. Start lifting weights. Yeah, and maybe you start getting in shape. Maybe one of those
1: results, one of the many results of that, might be. But you won't be compelled to try to correct everybody mm. everywhere you go. Like, okay, so sometimes, like, I want to say all the time, <laughs> if people aren't asking for like advice. Not all the time. Sometimes it works. But if they're not asking for advice, you can't just just unsolicited be correcting people. How
0: often are you walking around just standing by and hoping that everyone gives you advice on stuff? There's not a lot of people (laughs) like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really rare. But there is a time. Okay. Back to my brother, Jade. He was stuck in sand with his truck Mm -hmm. on Kauai. So he wasn't stuck stuck, but he was he was getting stuck, mm-hmm. right? And we could all see him. He was kind of in the distance yeah. there. And he's starting to get stuck. And there's all kinds of techniques to get unstuck in sand. All I'll kinds of techniques, right? Sure. But there's a, a protocol. It's pretty standard or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's beginning to get stuck. And our other friend, Richard, who, is he the most tactful guy in the world? Sounds like a no. At <laughs> every single moment <laughs> of his life. Hmm, maybe, maybe not. And that, At this particular moment, he wasn't. So I see Richard walking over there about to go give... Jade some advice right. on how to not get
0: stuck, right? Is he qualified to give advice, and is yeah. Jade should Jade be taking advice at this point?
1: Okay, well, that's another question. To me, if you're about to get stuck, if it really seems like you're about to get stuck, and someone's gonna offer you advice to not get stuck, yeah, I think logically, right, <laughs> you should take the advice. <laughs> but we're dealing with the real world here. So, Jade's about to get stuck. Jade has a protocol in his mind. Right. He's not like unaware of Mm -hmm. this protocol, but he has it in his mind. But according to um, what what seemed like what what it looked like was in Richard's mind, he didn't. So Richard's aggressively running over there, aggressively Mm -hmm. going over there to give him some unsolicited advice, Mm -hmm. which he obviously needs. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can't hear it, any of the advice. We can't hear it. We only see the body movements, right? Mm-hmm. So you see, you know, aggressively Richard's telling him whatever he's telling him with his hand movements and all this stuff. You know, Jade's like no reaction. You know the kind of when you're real annoyed, but you have no yeah, reaction. You're yeah, just like yeah. kind of looking down or whatever. And he's like doing his own protocol. You know, Richard's like coaching him aggressively, not landing at all, falling on deaf ears, mm-hmm. as it were. And... Every time, it's like every maybe five, 10 seconds, Richard would like turn around and throw his hands up as if to say, this guy's not listening to me, and he did that maybe three, four times, mm-hmm. right? So you could tell it was not going good over mm-hmm. there. So I'm like, all right, so we're all watching it, me, my other brother, and we're kind of laughing a little bit because we see the scenario. Yeah. We see Jade getting stucker and stucker, mm-hmm. and Richard, you know, we just see the whole thing playing out. So later on, we kind of talk to Jade, kind of teasing him, right? Like, bro, why don't you just just like listen or whatever? And he went into that side of the whole deal where it's like, man, you can't like, it's hard to listen when someone just like jumps in your whole stressful situation, Mm -hmm. offering you all this like whack advice in this whack kind of way.
0: There's ways to deliver advice in critical situations like that. And even then, most likely an indirect approach is advised. And that's if, okay, and in this situation
1: to him, or it, it doesn't matter what it looked like to us. Mm-hmm. It look what it looked like to Richard is like, oh, this car obviously needs my advice right now, obviously. In Jade's mind, he's like, I know, I've done this before. So,
0: so, so, I had a conversation with somebody on EF Online the other day. I was saying, look, in this situation, you you should approach with an indirect approach. Yeah. And then as I'm I'm talking to her, I can see that she's not. She's kind of annoyed and she actually was uh like like a logic and facts based thing. Look, I why can't I just say the logic and facts yeah. of what's going on and then have everyone just get on board with the program? Was yeah. the kind of was the thought process, right? Yeah. And I, I said, you know, I can see that this bothers you because what you're saying from your perspective is look, I know the facts. It doesn't make any sense that I waste all this time trying to you know, take this indirect approach to try and get someone to understand the facts so we can change the direction that we're going or adjust the plan accordingly. That's just dumb. I said, I can see that on your face. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you take a direct, which which is why we're having this conversation by the way, you take a direct approach and it doesn't work. So you don't adjust the plan. Yeah. I'm suggesting you take an indirect approach which will actually work. And yes, it will take a little more time up front, but the result will be positive. So if Richard would have taken an indirect approach and walked over and and it, he would be, why should I have to tell Jade that? And why should I have to take, I could just tell him, hey, you need to put it in reverse rocket or whatever right. advice he had to give him. If he would have gone over and said, you know, uh, uh, hey, do you do you want me to tell you where your tires are at or something like that? Right, like just right. just a nice yeah. just a little indirect jump approach. On t- jump on his team. Yeah, just jump, jump on his site. team. And then all of a sudden Jade's mind is open. All of a sudden they're literally on the same team just by saying, yeah. "Hey, you want me to put some weight on the front for you?" Yeah. Or, or you know yeah. whatever. "Hey, or, um, you know, do you want me to throw some extra whatever. You whatever yeah. you do to get on the team. And uh, then yeah. You're you're gonna win in the end and the indirect approach, which seems like a big pain in the ass out of the gate yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I have to do this and play this game I have to play yeah. this game yeah. like yeah Well listen to what I'm talking to you about Play the game because you will actually get accomplished what you want to have get accomplished yeah. as opposed to well, you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a direct approach. Yeah, just tell him what's up. People aren't ready to receive it. And so it's useless. Oh, it's so true.
1: Like you, and I'm thinking back to the tire, the getting stuck in the sand scenario too, mm-hmm. where and here's the thing: to do it, to make it matters worse, like it's re- it's reasonable to assume that how Richard came up to him wasn't like, "Hey, like we we got a problem, let's do this." It wasn't that. It was like, "Hey, dummy, stuck in the sand, dummy, of like course. you don't know what you're doing." Kind of, kind of. I don't, of I'm, not, I'm not sure what he said, but it seemed like that was the of approach. Course. Right. <laughs> not only
0: the direct approach; it was just like, openly oh, hostile. It was openly hostile. Openly That's hostile. What I think. So now you get immediate defensiveness. I'm not listening to anything you say. I would oh, rather yeah. get stuck. Out, yeah. Then listen to you That
1: was literally like what I felt Like mm-hmm. it seems like Jade right now would way rather Get stuck and then listen to Richard right now and quite frankly I don't Blame him the way Richard was like throwing up His hands like oh my gosh you're so dumb Kind of a kind of a thing like again I didn't hear what he said but that's what, that's what His body language was saying I'll tell you mm-hmm. that So man I kind of I felt him I felt him So yeah man that, let's uh, hope
0: that This guy here Can actually listen to what we're saying I mean it in the most positive possible way. I think you can get out of this situation, but you got to take ownership of what's going on, and you got to make some real changes. Mm. <sighs> Hit us back up. Hit me back up on that. Oh, that'd be yeah. cool. I'd like to hear how it all works out. There's one I'd like where to hear a positive feedback. Positive <laughs> oh, I t- think Jordan
1: Peterson. I think it was on Joe Rogan. So you know how they make those like um, Jordan, Jordan for, Peterson versus, versus Jordan. Yeah, Peterson. yeah. Okay. So it. What he said got, was part of, um, it got made into that, right? Part of it. Mm-hmm. What did. So he was like, um, he was like, everybody's rejecting you. Everybody's rejecting yeah, you. It's you. Yeah, right. Kind yeah, of thing. And yeah. it's funny because it's like the, the tone that he said it, but that's kind of irrefutable logic right mm-hmm. there. You know, where it's like, man, you're kind of like the girl, the, it's a joke. I think I'm pretty sure it's a joke. The girl who goes to the doctor and says, Hey, like, um, my my finger hurts or whatever, you know, like when I touch here, like my finger hurts or whatever. And then the doctor goes, okay, the the, the solution is don't touch there, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Bruh, that's like it's real obvious to people, you know. Yeah.
0: It's the tortured genius that Leif talks about in Extreme Ownership. Which oh yeah, is, oh which yeah, is, yeah, 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 Hey, look, I'm right, and everyone else just doesn't see the brilliance of my, yeah. you know, what I'm doing. No, yeah. no one just, sees how yeah. brilliant I am. Yeah. No one sees how brilliant I am. Yeah, they're too dumb. And. Yeah, it's just horrible for me. And it's like, no, actually, maybe you're not right. Yeah, no, bro. <laughs>
1: so at, at the very least, something's not right. At the right, very you know? least,
0: your approach so is wrong. All right.
1: Next question. Is it necessary to explain the why of what you're doing as a leader if you're not ever asked why? My varsity athletes never question anything as I assume e- they either think that I'll, it'll be disrespectful or because they simply think they need to follow my directions.
0: Yeah, they should absolutely know why. And people on your team do not need to ask you why for you to tell them. You should tell them why they're doing what they're doing. That way they can lead. That way they have a deeper understanding of what they're doing. That way they know how to act and what to do when you're not there, which you won't always be there. And when you do that, they actually learn they are actually learning how to lead themselves because they start to understand the importance of knowing why. So, you know, this 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 happens to me. I mean, there's a lot of people that have worked for me over the years that I didn't need to tell them why to do anything. Mm. Bro, they were ready to rock and roll. Like, they did not care. Ew. I mean, you think JP ever looked at me and said, hey, hey sir, can you explain <laughs> to me why you want me to do that? No, he's no. like, no. JP, machine gun nest attack <laughs> he's attacking like by the by the time I get <laughs> ah, out of my mouth he's going yeah. so there was no re there's no reason there's n- he's never gonna ask me why
1: mm.
0: you know at least not back then you know now that we work together all the time if I'm like hey I think we should do this he'd say well why, why do you want me to do that because he's mm. you know he's running ftx's and he knows what's going on more than I do so if I him to do something or i ask him to do something he might say well why do you want me to do that what's the effect you're looking for so it's it's different now but my point is much like a varsity athlete you know that respects their coach and likes their coach and wants to do a good job well when jp was 21 years old he wasn't asking me why to do anything (laughs) and you know for that matter that was that was true for a lot of people that have worked for for me over the years Mm -hmm. like they trust me and they don't, they don't need to know why they're doing what they're doing. They're going to do it. They're going to do it to the best of their ability. That doesn't mean that I don't tell them why. Yeah. Because I absolutely should. Because if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you can't lead. Decentralized command doesn't work. Can't make decisions in the field. So even with football athletes, it's cool that they're totally just on board. But you should still tell them why. Because it's a good principle to follow in any leadership situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially as a coach, too, man, that'll, like, supercharge, like, the, the learning process, I think, or the training process. Like, even, like, in jujitsu, there's good examples, like, like hip escape or shrimping, right? Mm. You know, when you first start or whatever, if you're just doing it across the mat, you're getting taught how to do it and all this stuff, and you're kind of like, oh, like, I don't really get uh, why we're doing it good point. right now. You're gonna Later do it, you though. find out. Yes. Yeah, you just do it because everyone else is doing it. And what are you going to do? A new martial arts class, and yeah. you're going to start asking That's the actually an, an
0: excellent example is if you know why you're learning the hip escape, then you do it with better intent. Oh, yeah. And no one could tell just by watching you do it whether what your intent was or not. Yeah. Even though they might get a little scent of your intent. Yeah, but it's one of those situations. If you know why you're doing it, you're going to do it better. Just like if you're coaching football and you got guys running a certain thing, yeah. they're not going to ask you why. But if you tell them why, they know why they're doing it, they're going to do it better.
1: Yeah, so true the football thing because in football you do kind of some some oddball things if you, if you just see it on the surface mm-hmm. you know there's this thing called grass drills right where you just basically you get your feet like you kind of run in place real fast like mm-hmm. kind of a little bit wider stance and then you like basically you sprawl Scroll. you know yeah and you know you hit the ground you get back up real quick and then you and they do there's all these drills you do right mm-hmm. they face the ball this way then you turn and then you come back and you're you're chopping your feet the whole mm-hmm. time right. So on, on the surface, I, I remember when I was, like, little doing that, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, this is just, like, conditioning. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, moving your whole body and conditioning, getting back up. Whatever. But after a while, you're like, nah, because if you get knocked down, mm-hmm. which you will. Like, bro, football, you can get knocked down, like, three times in within, like, 15 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, like. The faster you can get up and start running again, it's like, bro, that's a good skill to have, you know, kind of thing. So if you're drilling that every single day, every single every single day, not only do you get better and quicker at that, it becomes way more instinctual. So, okay, then there's a lot more to it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, man... If someone was explaining that to you every time you're doing it, like even just yelling it out, just calling it out as it's happening, like, good, this is going to get you guys up quick when you get knocked down on a play, but, you know, just yelling it out. Who cares? Whatever. You don't have to sit them down and say, this is why you're doing these guys. You don't have to say that necessarily. I'm saying in a football situation. But if you're going through that training with that in your mind, like, oh, I know why I'm doing this, bro. You're going to, you're going to charge that thing and you're going to problem solve better while you're training. Yeah, man. It's yeah.
0: Kind of goes deep on that one. I used to, when I was coaching a lot of MMA fighters, I would always be telling them why they're doing a drill, and it yeah. made me think of when you were saying you know even if they're just yelling at you, you know, yeah. I'd be like, "This is the end of the round. This is where you're gonna, you know, right. or yes. if you're down here, this is where you're gonna have to get back up. This is where the fight gets won." Like, yeah, you know, because oh, yeah. you know some fighters if they get taken down, and they're a striker and they're going against a good grappler, if they get taken down, they're gonna have to get back up to win the fight. Yeah, and so when they know that, you can see it. Compute yeah. in their brain whereas yeah. if I'm just saying no, get back up. Yeah <laughs> No, so yeah. tell people why We yeah, think one more, question. One, more question.
1: one more question Sir I've listened to all of the podcast before asking this question Can you please explain how do you deal or have dealt with your insecurities? Thank you very much for your help <laughs>
0: I guess broadly, fundamentally, what I'm gonna do with my insecurities is I'm gonna confront them, I'm gonna put them out there, I'm gonna own them. I'm gonna own them, I'm gonna own my insecurities. Uh, If I had to think of examples of situations where insecurities came into play for me, one, I, I was going through BUDS, basic SEAL training, and there was an event called Pool Competency where you are wearing your underwater breathing apparatus, your scuba gear, and they do all these horrible things to you. And it's a very hard evolution. And I failed it. And I was confident going into it because I'd kind of done well. Most of the water things, underwater not tying, life savings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had done well. I was comfortable in the water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I was a, I, when I failed this thing, which was, which was, I, I was freaked out, you know, and because people would fail pool comp and get kicked out of buds, you know, it's a nightmare for me. So I fail, and by the way, if you fail, so you you take it on Friday, and then if you fail, you take it again on Monday, and if you fail again, you're rolled back, and then once you rolled back, now you fail something else, and you're gone. So it's a nightmare for me. I mean, I'm. I'm completely, I've gone from confidence to insecurity Mm. about this thing. So what did I do? Me and a couple of the other guys, we, I don't know why the instructors let us do this. They could probably get in trouble for it, but they they let us take the scuba gear and use it in the dip tank, which is just a a big bucket full of, I mean, a big uh, container full of water, probably four feet deep. And it's probably eight feet long by four feet wide. So it's just a small where it's where you where you take fresh water and you put things to clean it. You, yeah. you put in fresh we call it a dip tank. Mm-hmm. So they, they let us fill the dip tank up with water totally unsupervised. And we went in there and we pool comped each other. Hmm. So we ripped each other's masks off, beat each other to hell hmm. and just trashed ourselves. And by the time I went on, on Monday, I was that insecurity that I had was now gone. Because we had been so freaking harsh to each other that by the time I was rolling in there, I was like, "Yeah, this isn't even insecurity." I'm like, "Bring it, hmm. go bring what you got. I'm ready." So that's a that's one way to overcome, or that that I look at as something I was insecure, nervous about. Right? How am I going to overcome it? I'm going to attack it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight into that thing, into that insecurity. Uh, another thing I was thinking about was kind of funny was I was like at a bar you know the day when I was young and single and whatever hanging out you know having some beverages sure. and I'm chatting with some girl that I met and you know as we're talking we're you know, just kind of just talking having a good time whatever and she's like oh you know what do you do? you know what do I well uh, oh I'm a dental hygienist she's a dental hygienist and I was like oh that's cool And then she says, like, something like, you know, um, we we could take care of that gap in your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) She says that to me. And, like, without missing a beat, I'm like, are you serious? I didn't know that you could expand gaps. How much bigger could you make it? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, like, she was... She was like totally—I don't know if the word "stoked," but she realized that this whatever, yeah. you know, this gap between my teeth, which some people might have as a big insecurity, like oh, you know, cover your mouth. Yeah. Um, it was like it's, it's fine. Like there it is. I'm making fun of it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Make so that's. I think that is the the bottom line when you have some kind of in something that you're insecure about. It, well, if it's something that you can take control over, cool. Then attack it. And get good at it. You know, if you're, if you're insecure about talking in front of people, cool. Attack that problem and get better at it. If you're insecure about, you know, confrontations with people, start training jujitsu. jitsu If you're insecure, whatever. Whatever you're insecure about, do it more. If you're insecure, if you think, oh, every time I write an email, I feel like I'm, you know, it's, it looks like junk, cool. Write more, get better at writing it. So there's insecurities that you have like that that you can attack. If there's something that you can't change or that you can't control, then just get it out there. Yeah. and have fun with it as far as i'm concerned you know yes, sir i do make does that make sense yeah. is that a bad answer
1: no that's a good answer in fact that's a, that was
0: a very clever response to the
1: dental hygienist
0: the dental hygienist wanting to uh fix the gap in my teeth yeah. so that i think that's good for questions you know um and hey it's a Interesting times right now. What is it? It's it's April 2020 A Lot of mayhem going on in the world Everything from well, we got viruses, you know, and it's uh, the tornadoes and just all kinds of things and You know as I look at what's going on It's just a gentle reminder to everybody and maybe a not-so-gentle reminder that the world is a hard place the world is a hard place and the world has, has no mercy. The world does not care. Nature does not care. Disease and disaster and viruses and violence. And this is the thing that you need to remember is that even time itself, even just time itself is picking you apart. Picking you apart slowly every minute of every day. Time is taking you down and if you stare at that stuff long enough if you stare at those things long enough then just like the Sun it it'll blind you and so I say don't stare at it don't stare at those things don't let them Possess your brain don't let them take over your mind because just like the Sun can blind you the Sun also The Sun also gives us light And it gives us warmth and it gives us life and those dreadful things in the world They may win in the end and I can actually guarantee that time will Time will win in the end but it's not gonna win right now so in the meantime make sure you live make sure you give it everything you got make sure you leave it all on the field and live your life not blinded by the Sun But fueled by it. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So echo Charles. Speaking of fuel, I know we need some c- clean fuel for our undertakings. What is it? Clean fuel, no excuses.
1: And wait, there's something else to do, right? There is something else. Oh, yeah. All right, what is it, Jocko?
0: Clean fuel, clean fuel, no excuses. That's a good one. You're missing one, apparently. All
1: right. Well, hey, we're going to revisit that last <laughs> one another time. But in the meantime, what we can do is.
0: You're probably forgetting the most important one. Maybe it's hard work. All right. Hard work.
1: <laughs> that's, I don't know. That's maybe, I'm still Maybe that's why that. you are reaching. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last, yes. Hard work, clean fuel, no excuses. There you go. Origin USA, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, but before we need the clean fuel, we're going to do hard work. But it's better, in my opinion, to do hard work doing something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's going to benefit you, mm-hmm. by the way. Explain why you're doing what you're doing. Something All
0: that. that gives you physical training, physical strength, physical stamina, and... Confidence. Yes, sir. We're hoping that the Holmes goes out and starts training. So you just get that confidence up
1: capability across the board.
0: Be more capable increases your confidence. Yes, sir. Big time.
1: So we're training jujitsu. We're working out, working out and training jujitsu. Well, well, at this very moment, jujitsu is kept to a a minimum. Mm -hmm. We'll say a minimum, really, Mm -hmm. which is the safe and right thing to do, by the way, like you'd think like that sounds debatable Mm -hmm. right now.
0: You know, we, we did that podcast with Andy. We mm-hmm. did a grounded podcast with Andy, and we I, I forget when we recorded it, mm-hmm. but like we were talking about jujitsu and whatever, and people were like oh, you, your training is yeah. morally irresponsible and stuff. I was like, Were you guys training? Well, for I, well, we didn't. Yeah. But I don't even remember what phase of you know all that was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the bottom line is, you are correct. Right now, jujitsu training is kind of at a minimum.
1: <laughs> yeah, big time. for everybody. Yeah, and it, it's a, and I don't want to get too into like what you know where where we stand on like the whole thing or whatever. But there's like a big picture, small picture scenario going mm-hmm. on, in a in a short term and long term scenario, kind of playing out like it always does. Um, and like I think like if you're doing okay, so what Jade uses this term. Like falling on the right side of the fence of history or something like that right mm-hmm. where okay we're trying this thing we're just we're ready for it to be done this whole deal It's quarantine mm-hmm. all this stuff we're ready for it to be done so there's certain things you can do and not do to kind of help facilitate the passing of this thing mm-hmm. and then there's things that kind of don't help the faci- this help facil- to facilitate the facilitating the passing of these things and there's things you can do that halt the passing of this thing okay. that jams us all up, right? Okay. So the question is, what are we doing?
0: So try to right? do so things. So what that are, are you stop
1: the, Exactly, the, right? The for the yourself, for pass. everybody, for everybody. But you know, the things like the so short term, long term. Short term, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take a hit. Short term, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Small picture, jujitsu, and a bunch of other stuff. Or I whatever. think my
0: jujitsu is getting better. Even when I'm not training, because I'm studying.
1: Yeah, that's see, and the, there you go. Mental you know, reps. Mitigating some some stuff, but <laughs> you know, I know the thing is, it's it's a two-sided situation that has to be like it's they're battling with each other, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of whack. It's a dichotomy. It's a dichotomy. Nonetheless, when we get back to jujitsu, if we weren't already in jujitsu, and we're gonna start jujitsu when we can, we're gonna get a gi, we're gonna get a rash guard. That's just the, that's sort of the uniform, really. Mm-hmm. Best gi in the world. Origin.
0: Yeah, well, it's just so everyone knows. Hey, look, um, we make jujitsu geese. We make jeans. We make boots right at this moment in time April 2020 we actually have shifted to making Face coverings is the term Mm -hmm. right because the president and the CDC and the government has said to wear face coverings so we started making face coverings. We actually shut down our other lines to make face coverings for people. So that's what's going on right now at originmain.com. We will get back to manufacturing jeans, boots, T-shirts, the whole nine yards. Um, there's still some stuff in stock as far as geese and stuff go, but right now that's what we're focused on is trying to get help America get through the scenario that we're in right now. And... So you can, you can check out those masks if you want them. Uh, we won't be making them for long just because other people are starting to catch up. And so we, we were able to pivot very quickly because we have the entire supply chain right there. We own everything. We make everything. There's no, like, we have everything in house. So Pete and the team at Origin was able to really quickly start making these face coverings. And so as other companies start to make, make them, We'll go back to making what we want to make. You know, no one wants to be in the business of making masks, right? But that's what the country needs, so that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. If you want to get one of those, yeah, you can get them at originmain.com. We're trying to make them as fast as we can, and so that's one way to help America get through this. Um, they're not N95 masks, right? They're they're what they're what we can make, which is face coverings, which is what is in demand, you know? Like I went to a meeting the other day on a construction site and you know what? You have to wear a face covering. Yeah. So what am I wearing? I'm wearing an origin face cover. That's what it's made for. It's not made for me to go and work in an ER. No, it's it's made to show respect to someone else. Hey, look, I don't want to cough on you. I don't want if I have it, which no one knows if you have it or not because a lot of people are asymptomatic. So you wear this thing to protect the people around you. You know, strangers, normal people and what you're doing there is you're Going back to what you were saying earlier, you are doing your best to halt the the disease so we can get back to normalcy. So, if you want one of these masks, go to originmain.com and you can get one there. Um, also, the we have a bunch of supplements there. So, if you're, and I know this is a, you know, we've seen a huge spike in uh, like mulch, right? Because people don't want to go to the store. There's starting to be a shortage of food. If you get mulch, you know, if you can get mulch, which is Good tasting protein and we we we're selling a ton of milk right now because people know that it's a good thing to have you know in your house because you can feed your kids you can feed you know you could i don't know i don't I don't want to make the claim that you know however you long you could survive on milk only but it's a great <laughs> it's a it's a great thing to have in your house yep. as as food suppliers are getting shut down because of the virus or whatever. So we've been selling a ton of milk. We've been selling a lot of, we sold out of, of cold war, which is like an immune system booster. We just got it back in stock. So that's been selling like crazy because it's got, you know, it's got things that help boost your immune system. Again, is this a, is this a origin or is this a, a COVID fight destroyer? No, it's just going to help your immune system. So people don't want to get sick right now. So, that's been selling a lot, but that's what we're doing at Origin right now. It's it's you know different. It's different times. Um, what else? What am I missing? Yeah, that's the, I mean, the re, the supplements. You know the the joint warfare. That's one thing that's going on right now. A lot of people are working out. You know, hardcore. You're gonna need that joint warfare. Yeah. Um, krill oil. So we got all that stuff still. But um, yeah, if so, if you want to check that stuff out, you can check that out. We're also. We're like the, we're making some fitness equipment, we, you know, like plyo boxes? Yeah. We, we just started making plyo boxes. Why? Man. Well, look, our goal is not to make plyo boxes. Oh, Here's right. the deal. Yeah. America is sold out of plyo boxes right now. Damn. And so people want them because they're shifting to a home gym scenario. Yeah. So we we just started manufacturing those. So if you want to get a plyo box, you can go and look, we'll, we're doing what we can to help Get through this situation. We just made a another thing, which you saw the the burden. (laughs) The burden. Yeah, it's like a old. No one's. It's what was it? It's like a kettlebell slash Bulgarian bag slash medicine ball slash. Any other slashes?
1: Old boxing glove. I don't know. Old boxing glove. Yeah,
0: so we got thing called the burden, which you're gonna be able to use for kettlebell exercises but it's made of leather. Yeah. It's badass looking, yeah. we gotta admit. Well, so, yeah.
1: Well, what, do you explain the history on that or the, the
0: you know? Uh, the, I mean, the long history is I have an idea. I had an idea, which I talked to Pete a while ago. We brainstormed of, making something called the burden, which was something you could just carry. We could just carry the burden with you all the time, right? So no matter what's happening, you carry the burden, you can put it in your backpack, you mm-hmm. can put it in your briefcase, you can, and you're constantly carrying around, you know, 20, 30 pounds worth of extra weight, which just makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's, it's you know, do you go through a development process and you look at, you know, what 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 resources do we want to put on doing this from the company? And right now, again, a bunch of people are saying they they have to work at home now, work out at home and they yeah. can't because they don't have any equipment. Well, how can we make good, you know, what can we make that would make it possible for people to work out at home better? This is one of those things, you yeah. know. Everybody wants I mean, you the amount of it, the amount of different workouts you can do with a kettlebell is yeah. phenomenal. Lot, yeah. So this and kettlebells are you know, sold out everywhere.
1: bro, all gym equipment is sold out everywhere. gym yeah, equipment name, everywhere is sold out. It's crazy because my what, you know, my wife's talking to her little groups and all mm-hmm. this stuff and the, everyone's asking her, like, hey, do you guys have any extra weights? And I'm like, why the heck is it? Like, why yeah. is everyone asking? Why is this? This?
0: Jennifer from yeah. kindergarten uh, class uh, asking about
1: kettlebells? Yep, mm-hmm. Gyms, because the gyms shut down, yeah. and they're like, hey, they know that we have a you know a bunch of weights or whatever. But it's it was crazy how many people were asking us. Yeah. Like, hey, do you have any extra? My neighbors like, hey, do you have any extra weights? Do you have any extra weights? Unfortunately, I don't have any extra weights. Like, I use yeah. literally like every. I have two day work like the workout programs. One day, one day two, and they just repeat. So I use all my weights, all mm-hmm. of them there's literally two weight weights that I don't use yeah. and yeah sure enough they just came and grabbed them or whatever so it's like man yes so they we need that the yeah. burden stuff yeah, where yeah. you can so, go online and get them
0: yeah so that's the thing is well it'll ship with no weight in it like you'll fill it with shot with you know oh, right, steel right. bearings or lead um, shot or whatever you know sand or rocks depending on how heavy you want it yeah. but yeah, the the bottom line is we're very lucky. We're very lucky because not, not I, just, I don't want to just call it luck, but to have the capability to own the supply chain and be able to make things that 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 all of a sudden are in demand. Yeah. Like there's not too many people that can pivot and go from manufacturing boots. Cause it's all in America. It's all it's all yeah. in, under one roof. Yeah. Hey, we can make these, and we can make them starting in a day or two days, and that's exactly what we're doing. Is trying to trying to give people what they need during this crisis, and it's been great so far. So if you guys want to check that stuff out, if you need a plyo box at your house, and or if you need a burden to carry, yeah. you can check that out. Masks, whatever, they're there as well, and then all the all the different all the different supplements are there. So yeah. appreciate the support, and if you want, if you guys have ideas or whatever, you see a demand for something, let us know because that's what we're doing. We're we're trying to help. Look, the obviously we we want to get back just like anyone else, everyone else. We want to get back to making jeans, boots, and geese. Yeah. That's what we want to make, and shorts, and t-shirts, and everything else. But when there's a uh, when there's a need, we we have to try and help you know get through this. So,
1: okay. also we have a store, jockostore.com dot com. It's an online store. We're you know on Amazon they're they're they only ship they only ship certain items quicker now. Yeah, like yeah If yeah. you buy stuff through Amazon, it can take like a month, four weeks. You know. Yeah. This kind what's of stuff.
0: interesting about that is, um, for origin supplements on Amazon, those are in the category of getting shipped like immediately essentially that's yeah, good, essential man. items yeah it's you know they looked at the products that we make and the the health items and that just put us in the category so if you want to get mulk, if you want to get joint warfare if you want to get Cold War you can get it from Amazon right now and it's on that list of stuff that's uh, considered essential which is which is awesome yeah yeah yes and the, yeah that is Yeah, good. You know, what I did was I when I, you know, I was going through the list with uh, with Jeff And just pointed out some of the things that we had that uh, I thought America needed. Sure. Mm, There you go. Mm -hmm. Me and Bezos, we go way back. Yeah, yeah. Good, good relationship (laughs) building there. that was a really bad (laughs) attempt at a joke.
1: (laughs) I respect it. Nonetheless, good news is, Jocko Store is, okay, is your Get After It, Discipline Equals Freedom shirt or hoodie like, is that an essential item? Yeah, maybe. We'll just say it's debatable. I don't know. It depends on who you are. Uh, I'm not going to make some crude <laughs> kind of comparison, but, you know, that. look, there's no answer for that. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I don't know. I'm not going to claim it, I know with my irre- irrefutable logic or nothing like this, but we are shipping normal. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? You don't have to wait the four weeks. Normal shipping. You know, maybe some here and there if there's, like, a big influx or whatever because of, like, you know, the staffing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But shipping is normal, so that's good news. Anyway, jocko com. That's where you can get your Discipline Equals Freedom shirts, hoodies, rash guards. If you, hey, get get a rash guard, man. I think we have some still. But be cool on the jujitsu just for now. Mm-hmm. Just be careful with it, all right? Careful with what we're doing. Nonetheless,
0: <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes, you're putting forth a positive message. Yes, got it. On both. Uh, but do you wear a rash guard when you just lift? I don't. No, okay. but I, I do for I'm some not workouts. It. Yeah. Oh I yeah, like some. rings and stuff. Yes. Rings for sure. Yeah. Rings for sure. You like that little bit of compression.
1: Yeah. And yes. also
0: the protection. Yeah. Of your arms because when you're doing a lot of. Let's say muscle ups, or you're doing a lot of dips or ring push ups. Oh, yeah, you get that. You the, can get the chafing on your outer yeah, arm.
1: Yeah, I can dig it. So, yeah, keep that in mind for sure. But, um, but yeah, all, all cool stuff on there, I think. So, yeah, if you want something, get something. We'll get it to you. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on mm-hmm. iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you listen to iTunes. Is it essential? But I think so nowadays, because let's face it, man. We're we're just doing less. You know, we're we're at the house more. All the stuff like good consumable stuff, good consumable stuff, podcasts, books, audio, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's gonna be more of that. I think that's. That's good. That helps us through this scenario.
0: So subscribe to the podcast is what Echo's saying in a really long roundabout way, which well, is fine. No, I mean, really I not, guess I'm we got we're on we're on quarantine. We I'm, got plenty I'm of time not, to I'm explain relating, things I'm to, to, the to the nth situation. degree yeah, yeah, yeah. that no one cares about. But it's all good. Hey, we just started another podcast called The Thread. It is myself and Daryl Cooper of Martyr Made Fame. Is he famous? Yes. Okay, so Daryl Cooper and I. He was on the last podcast, and the the Podcast The Thread is launched. We also have Grounded Podcast where we talk about life and jujitsu. Sure. And yes. everything in between. And then we got the Warrior Kid Podcast, which you may have missed a release of Johnny Kim on the Warrior Kid Podcast. So go check that out. And also when you're talking about Warrior Kids, don't forget to check out IrishOaksranch dot where Aiden, a Warrior Kid, is making soap. Making killer, killer soap, and that's the name Obviously. of the soap. Making killer soap so that America can stay clean. Yep. Also, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Wash your hands, Wash right? Your hands. Wash your hands. Oh, that's yeah. the big deal right now. Wash your hands. Yes. So get yourself some, you know, some Warrior Kids soap, some some killer soap. Yep. Kill the germs, man. Yeah. Kill the virus. 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 Is that? Virus. I heard that soap kills, yeah, they're saying soap, just like soap kills the virus.
1: Yeah, or washes it off, maybe, I don't know. I think it kills it. Well, because the virus can't live without a sustainable, what, habitat, right? It's like one of those situations, okay, look, I'm no germologist, (laughs) biological expert, nothing like this, but from what I understand, it, the virus can live only for a certain amount of time on, on sur- surfaces
0: because mm-hmm. it can't
1: eat nothing, mm-hmm. right? Can't live.
0: <laughs> it's a virus, bro. I don't think it's
1: eating anything. Oh, it's eating stuff. If it's living, it's eating. <laughs> Trust me. Nonetheless, uh, let's move if it's on before we both the table, look dumber. <laughs> then we're already looking. Yeah, impossible for me. But nonetheless, <laughs> we have a YouTube channel, video version of this podcast, and excerpts. Yes. Enhanced and otherwise. Yes. Little excerpts help you through the day through the times through situations that may arise scenarios Scenari- well, scenarios scenarios yeah. all day for sure but yeah youtube channel Jocko podcast youtube channel all you can, good
0: yeah and this the excerpts have been getting let's just say give you a little credit here they've been getting a little bit better lately cool not the enhanced ones cuz i haven't seen one of those in a while cuz i know you've been busy doing other things <laughs> <laughs> uh, psychological Warfare, you can get that. The little psychological hitter to help you get through moments of weakness. That's the artist, formerly known as Jocko Willink on <sighs> iTunes, sure. on MP3, whatever. <laughs> Flipside Canvas, messages for you in graphic form made by Dakota Meyer. You can check that out, flipsidecanvas.com. Got a bunch of books, Leadership Strategy and Tactics, Way of the Warrior Kids, one, two, and three. Mikey and the Dragons, Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual, Extreme Ownership, Dichotomy of Leadership, all kinds of good books for you to check out. We got Echelon Front Leadership Consultancy, where we solve problems through leadership. Go to echelonfront.com for details on that. We've got EF Online, which has been revamped, reformulated, according to Echo Charles. Live, that's what it is, live, interactive. It is myself, it is Leif Babin, it is the entire Echelon Front team on there virtually. We're doing online live three times a week right now, live Q and A's. So if you wanna ask me a question, go to efonline.com. We got the leadership primer, we got the forum, we got the Q and A, we got immediate action drills, we got all kinds of stuff to help you lead. this is the type of time right now where there's mayhem going on. Leadership is what is needed. So check out EFOnline.com. It's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's going to be the platform that becomes the premier way for people to get help in leadership in the world. And I know that's a bold statement. I'm making it. Also, we got the musters. Orlando canceled. So that means next up Phoenix Arizona September 16th and 17th, Dallas Texas December 3rd and 4th, go to ExtremeOwnership.com for details. Look, we've sold out everything we've ever done. We actually canceled the show and a lot of the people that canceled Orlando moved over to Dallas and or Phoenix. So we're going to fill out, we're going to we're going to sell out faster than normal. So if you want to come ExtremeOwnership.com. and then EF Overwatch which has executive leadership, it's our placement firm where we take leaders that understand the principles we talk about and we place them into companies. We also have that's for executive leadership, for frontline leadership. We got EFLegion.com. Look, we are getting I I know it's financial troubles right now with a lot of companies. There's also a lot of companies that have a massive demand and we are getting hit up to have to for for employees, people that want to hire. So if you're a veteran Go to EFlegion.com and sign up so we can get you connected with people that are looking to hire. And if you haven't had enough of my head-splitting, garish, overly aggressive voice, or you haven't had enough of Echo's random, semi-coherent postulations, then you can... Tune into us and connect with us on the interwebs, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on G. facebook. Echo Charles is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And to all of you that are overseas right now, in uniform, keeping evil at bay during these troubled times, thanks for what you're doing into the police, law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, dispatchers, correctional officers, Border Patrol, Secret Service, Thank you for keeping us safe on the home front and special thanks to all the doctors, nurses and all medical personnel that are on the front lines every day right now. You're out there risking your health to keep the illness, the virus at bay. So thank you for your courage and sacrifice and to everyone else out there. Life is not perfect, and it isn't going to be easy, but it is all you've got. So make it a good run, and make sure you enjoy the jam. And you do that by getting out there every day and getting after it. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.